0: It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with...
1: The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, October 20th, 2014. We usually test out the uh, the audio levels before the show. We didn't do that this time, and it's very loud. So I'm just going to turn it down quickly here. There we go. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. Now it's too low, and it feels like I have an ear infection. Oh, yeah. That sounds just about right. So a relatively quiet weekend in the world of mixed martial arts, uh, an opportunity for us to catch our breaths, and I uh, hope you had a great weekend. I did as well. It's a little chilly here in New York City, but uh, it's always nice. Fall in New York, you can't beat it. And as I mentioned, there wasn't much going on, and I thought that was pretty nice. There was a Bellator show on Friday, but as I said on the MMA beat, it wasn't that interesting going in, it wasn't that interesting going out. Bellator did make its Las Vegas debut on Saturday, untelevised event at the Monster something-something, and that seemed to be a success. There were a lot of people there it was free, but uh, they have infiltrated Las Vegas, and it kind of went under the radar, perhaps on purpose, they have a better show this weekend, though. And, of course, it's UFC 179 on Saturday. There's the Brazilian flag. There's Jose Aldo. The featherweight king he returns, and he meets Chad Mendes in a rematch of UFC 142. I will be there. I get there Friday morning. Actually cutting it pretty tight as far as the weigh are concerned. Uh, just doing the coverage for Fox this time, so no fight week coverage. But I'll have my ears to the to the streets, on the streets talking to the people, and if anything big happens, of course, you know where to find me. So I'm looking forward to that back in Rio. Much to discuss as far as UFC 179 is concerned, and much to discuss on this show. At around 325, we'll take your questions and comments, so as always, use the hashtag hour. leave a question or comment in the comment section below. 305, we're going inside the vault, and I'm doing inside the vault a little differently now, so stay tuned for that, 305. We'll go into the vault and uh, look at an old interview. 245, we're going to talk to Dan Miller, the returning Dan Miller, and it's very apropos that we talked to him on this Monday morning. I'll explain why later, but it was announced late last week that he meets Daniel Serafian on December 20th in Brazil. He hasn't fought since March of 2013, and I'm looking forward to having him back on the show. At 2.25, we're going to talk to Jessica Aguilar. Now, Jessica Aguilar, in my opinion, actually forget my opinion, let's listen to MMARising.com, Robert Sargent, who in my opinion is the leader when it comes to all things women's MMA, as far as MMA media is concerned. He ranks her as the number one strawweight in the world, and as you may know, the UFC has introduced the strawweight division Uh, very recently. Of course, they are featured on the Ultimate Fighter 20. They've had a couple of fights over the past summer, but Jessica Aguilar is not in the UFC. She is the WSOF Strawway champion. She returns to action on November 15th. At least we think she does, and we'll get into that with her at 225. At 205, we're going to talk to Mitch Gagnon. The Canadian got a huge fight late last week as well. He meets Hennem Burrell, the former UFC bantamweight champion. Burrell is coming back on December 20th. If you listen to the show, you've heard me say that I thought Henne should be out for at least six, seven months. Come back March, April. Take some time off. That's not happening. He's returning in Brazil on December 20th. Speaking of Brazilians, 145, Hoist Gracie, the legend, the man who put the UFC on the map, the man who put this sport on the map here in North America and arguably worldwide. He'll join us at 145 to talk about his new role with Bellator, Bellator, Hoist Gracie, Bellator, weird, right? 125, we're going to talk to Daniel Cormier. It was just announced that he is the new co-host of UFC Tonight, replacing Chael Sonnen. It's now the DC and Kenny show. Saw so a lot of great promos for that. No mention of Hawani, but you know what? I'm used to it. But first, let us go to the Sky machine. I'm so excited about our first guest of the day. This, in my opinion, is one of my... Very good, true, honest friends in mixed martial arts. One of the great uh, byproducts of doing this job has been uh, having this friendship with this man. We used to be teammates over at AOL and, of course, here at MMAfighting.com for many years. I think it was four or five years by the time it was all said and done. Uh, Most recently worked at Fox Sports, one of the very best in the business. Our good pal Mike Chiappetta makes his... Long-awaited, much-anticipated return to the MMA Hour. Mike, how are you?
2: I'm good, Ariel. No longer one of the very best in the business, though.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you never know. You know, I don't like to close the door on anything in life because life has a tendency to uh, throw you curveballs. But yes, we will get into that. Uh, as I mentioned first off, great to have you on the show. So there's a lot going on. It's it's an interesting time for you. Um, recently, you parted ways with Fox Sports, and a lot of people, even when I said yesterday that you were going to be on the show when I tweeted out there. People were like, wow, Mike Chiappetta, it's going to be so great to hear from him. What's this guy been up to for the last, you know, two and a half months? So answer, what have you been doing?
2: Nothing. Nothing, just chilling. <laughs> Nothing, hanging out. Uh, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm just on the hunt, man. I'm just on the hunt for what my next adventure in life's going to be. You know, I've been doing the MMA thing for like eight years. Uh, it's been real fun. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I'm done with it. I don't know for sure, but... I'm just trying to find something that fits my life better and fits my family life better and, and all those things. So uh, you know, I've talked to – I've had a lot of kind of uh, – I don't want to say offers, but I've talked to a lot of people about roles inside of MMA, stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with MMA. So just trying to find the thing that fits me best.
1: Do you miss the beat? Like when you see all the news going on, you're like, wow, I wish I could cover this or weigh in on this, or do you not miss it at all?
2: Um, I I only miss like weighing in on things. I don't miss the day-to-day minutia of it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I don't miss, to be honest with you. Um, like what? What don't so, you miss? Some of the some of the lesser cards. You know, it being you know, right now I'm basically a fan. Right, I'm not I'm not a reporter, so I'm I'm essentially a fan, and it's it's pretty easy to skip past some of the events that when you look at the cards, you're just like. Eh, this is, you know, I'll just look at the results tomorrow. And uh, not to say that, you know, th- there might be some guys that that end up being something down the line. I mean, it's it's not necessarily, you know, horrible cards or anything. Some of them, some of them are are, are demonstrably bad, but others, it's just like when you look at it, there's just nothing really compelling about it. Um, I don't miss having to stay up late, you know, mm-hmm. till three, four in the morning to cover those and have to miss the early part of the morning with my daughter and stuff. So things like that, you know, when I read sort of the headlines, uh, you know, I, I don't. there's some stories I certainly don't miss writing. Uh, things to do with crime and stuff like that. I always hated writing stuff like that. So a, a lot of it I don't miss. You know, the, the, all the war machine stuff right. and, and the things with, uh, with uh, you know, down to Tiago Silva and things like that. I, I just never liked writing stuff like that. But, you know, it has to be done, of course, but I don't miss it.
1: You were in the trenches for so long. You covered everything. You were at all the events, and you were one of those guys. You know, as you mentioned, you'd be up till four or five a.m. writing stories. When you decided to take this this break, if you want to call it that, uh, was it hard to unplug from the world of MMA, or did it happen just like that?
2: No, it wasn't a problem for me. I think <laughs> you and I have talked about this a lot on the road. I've never really had a huge problem like unplugging. I, I know a lot of for a lot of us who, who cover this sport you know, it's not like covering the sport used to be. It's, it's second to second now where you always want to be attached to Twitter and your cell phone, who's texting you, whatever to figure out, you know, what's going on in in the sport and how do I react? What, what am I going to write about this? Who do I need to call? Whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's very difficult, like on, on family life, right? For it's it's just very difficult on regular life to have one and to, to try to balance everything out. It's, it's not an easy thing. So, Um, I I never really had a big problem with doing it. Sure. There was times where it was, especially if like you knew some, something was happening, uh, somewhere and you wanted to kind of follow the the moment by moment as far as how the story evolved. Um, but no, now I just kind of, you know, check in, you know, every couple of hours, I'll take a look at the news or whatever, but you know, for like the week on the weekend, I won't, I won't even look at, you know, if there's, there's no event or or anything it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. How many
1: UFC events uh, have you watched since, you know, taking this break? Like, let's say 50% of the event. You know, they're long. You know, seven hours, I don't expect you. Since z- lower, z- lower. 50%. <laughs> but how, much, how much, like, let's say there's an event out there that, let's, let, let's, let's just look at events that you've watched 50% of that event. Let's say UFC 178, you watched, you know, the main card. So I would consider that 50% of it. How many of those are, are, are out there as far as what you've seen since you, you left the sport?
2: Uh, just a handful, a couple. How many, I, how many
1: pay-per-views have you ordered? Uh, none. None. Wow. That's none. amazing. That's none. amazing.
2: I did watch uh, some of the... Uh, what was the last event? It was UFC 178, which was the... Uh,
1: Demetrius Carriasso, um, the stack card, yes, Conor McGregor. Demetrius
2: Johnson yeah. fight, which I did not watch the main event. Wow, but, uh, I was so sure DJ was going to win. I just, you know, I said I'll figure, figure, watch this tomorrow or or uh, just to see the result tomorrow. But some of the other, you know, I was very interested in Conor, Conor McGregor, ha- see how he would do taking a step up with Poirier, and uh, what was the other? There was another, there's another couple of fights. Kennedy Romero,
1: Dominic Cruz, Katsingano returning, yes. right?
2: Yes, Dominic Cruz, of course, I was very interested to see how he came back and that was that was great to see. Those are the stories that I miss writing about. Right. Like those are the things to me I was always interested in. Like these great comeback stories and, and things like that. Dominic Cruz and Catsangano. I mean, that's why I was really interested in that card, more so than the main event, which I didn't think had any drama, any it didn't have any teeth biting into me, you know? Uh Dominic Cruz, I mean I you know, feel like as if you're a fan of the sport, you've been invested in this guy for so long. First as a champion, and then hearing this, how terrible his, his uh, injury stories have been. That I just feel like, as a fan, how could you kind of ignore that story? To me, that's the kind of story that always, like, you know, got its claws into me and said, "Get hey, this is something I want to write about."
1: Forget about MMA. Do you miss being a journalist? Do You miss being a reporter?
2: Um, to some degree, yeah. I mean, I, I've done it for such a big part of my life. Yeah. Uh, even before I did MMA stuff, I was just in general sports. Um, so, you know, the vast majority of my professional career, I've been a reporter. Um, but you know, I still, to me, I love to write and I'm still doing some writing, some doing some stuff on the side, um, just for myself. I mean, you know, I'm trying to, I want to write a book. I'm going to write a novel. Oh, um, yeah. But you know, I don't know if it'll ever go anywhere. Um, as you know, I wrote a novel years ago.
1: (laughs) One of my favorite books of all time. For those that don't know, refresh our memories.
2: I wrote a book for WWE in in 2005. Yes, um, it was such a great experience. That it's nine years later. I'm finally getting around to writing another one. Uh, Is it that a was it was No, no, God no, <laughs> no, no. It was it was an awful experience. I I, I like the experience of writing the book, but the rest of it, the business side and dealing with uh, the publishing company and stuff, was a nightmare. And it turned me off so much. And it's, you know, it's nine years later. I never wrote anything else long form. So. Um, now that I have the time, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I've been playing with a few ideals and,
1: uh, MMA related you know, we'll or not? We'll
2: see if it goes anywhere.
1: MMA related? No. No. Done. Look at no. you. Cold turkey, huh?
2: No. Couldn't it be less. It couldn't be further away from MMA. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's a story. It's just a general novel beach, a beach read, I would say.
1: Oh, I like that. Um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, like when was your last day on the beat?
2: Uh, July something, right? So my last day on the beat was I I was on the uh, the uh, fight week international fight week event. uh, July Fourth weekend, right? UFC one seventy five with Weidman Machida, and then the uh, tough finale with BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar three. And to me, I know part of the reason, like I I don't I'm not so worried if I never write about MMA again or never come back to like for me. BJ Penn was the guy who got me into MMA like as wow. a fan yeah. years ago like I remember seeing BJ Penn knock out Cal Uno and going like wow this th- that's when I thought like this sport could be something cuz I'm like this guy is an athlete this guy's a real athlete he's putting everything together his jiu-jitsu his boxing his wrestling and he's got the showmanship aspect to m- which to me was just a big part of it as anything else right so BJ Penn to me was like the first really compelling fighter that kind of drew me into the sport as a fan and also helped me realize like this sport is going to get big enough to where I could probably make a career writing about it. So BJ Penn drew me into the sport. And then the last event that I ever covered was BJ Penn's last fight. And so, I, you know, I actually had, you know, I had a credential to be at the show, but I didn't have a seat inside the arena. So the whole show I watched from the backstage but when BJ came out and Frankie came out, I, I made it a point to like go and walk into the arena, kinda had to sneak in there and uh watch just the walkouts. I just watched the walkouts. I, I had a pretty good feeling that it would not go well for BJ. So I just went in, watched the walkouts, and I was kinda like, I think I'm done here, man. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> I think I'm done just like BJ. Like I, I just it would be okay if that was the end for me. That just kind of felt like it was like a poetic ending. Um of course, saying there probably you know three weeks from now I'll be writing for somebody else. Sure, of him. course.
1: But that's combat sports. I just got goosebumps as you told that story. That I, I didn't realize he he meant that much to you. You know, I remember when I uh, first started back in around 2007. You were already working for NBC Sports, right? NBCSports.com. Yep. yep. And, for, and for some reason, this story always. Uh, it, it, I, I always think about it when I think of you as, as a journalist. I remember I used to do some kind of like notebook. I, maybe it was around, it was Fridays. They used to do the Thursdays, Fridays. And you had one story about Nate Quarry linking up with Anne One. That Anne was yes. gonna start sponsoring. And I was like, wow, how did he get this? Like, how does this actually happen? How does someone go out there and get a scoop like this? I was just so impressed because I was a big basketball fan. I was like, how did he actually get this? And I always remember that you were one of those journalists. I said, I want to be like, I want to cover the sport, not just, you know, I wanna be professional. And you always came across that way. So, what I wanna know is two and a half months, what is it, three months since, since you left? What's your take on the business right now? The sport as far as MMA media is concerned, you you take a step back, think about all the crap that has happened since July. It's unbelievable. I mean, so much crap has happened. Cormier Jones and, and 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 on and on. What's your take as as you take a step back? What's your take on MMA media as 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 now you you leave it and and go do something else?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I when I first got into MMA reporting about MMA, I mean, that was kind of my purpose. Like I felt like uh, especially for major mainstream sports sites, there really wasn't too many people writing about it. Dave Doyle, who's now at MA Fighting, was writing about it for Fox Sports. Uh, from time to time, you know, he—he, he, I think he kind of had to convince them to that it was okay to cover this stuff. I w- i wanted to make it a full-time gig, and I was pretty lucky. I think I was the first. I, I don't know if Kevin Ioli was at Yahoo before I was at NBC Sports, but it was kind of right at the same time. Uh and obviously he writes about boxing as well. I wanted to make it like my full time thing and I, I feel fortunate that I was able to do that. But I think now people look at you the same way like people get the scoops you get and like how does he how does he get that? How does he do that? So <laughs> I passed the baton. <laughs> well, You've thank had you. it for a while now anyways. Um but the state of media I think is, you know, it's still getting better. It's it's you know, there's still a lot of issues with it, I would say. I think at this point the sport is big enough that it can handle a lot more criticism. Um And I think it should. I think, you know, I think the media and and MMA should be a little more critical. I think we have seen that in a sense, particularly with calling out the strength of the cards that UFC is putting on, Um, obviously with the drug testing and things. It's been nice to see that, you know, a lot of people in the media have been willing to kind of step up and, and take the UFC to task where it's necessary. I'm not saying you should just be critical of any little thing that they do. I think that's petty. You know, we see a lot of snark, particularly on Twitter. I'm not a fan of that. Yes. Um, A lot of sites and and personalities do that. Okay, from time to time, not a big deal. I don't like it when it's all the time because, to me, that's not professional. I I just want people to be professional, Uh, whether it's, you know, calling them to task on on the way that they handle this cuddly drug test or, you know, the strength of cards or or whatever it may be. Um, I think we need to see more of that and and less of just, you know… Compiling lists and, and doing kind of these, a lot of these fluff pieces that are always flowing around. I know you have to do it to some degree. I, I would like to see a little more depth to, to stories and, uh, you know, sort of investigatory stuff.
1: What's the story that you're most proud of? If I want to tell someone this is what Mike Chiappetta was all about, this was his best work as far as covering MMA. Is there one that sticks out? NBC, Fan House, Fox, whatever. Is there one that sticks out? One story you love you know, covering in and, and, and your article you're extremely proud of?
2: That's a hard one for me. I've always been terrible at like instant recall of of lists and things like that. Um, I don't. I don't really keep favorites. I've never really. That's a hard one for me to answer. I'm. I'm proud of most of my body of work. I always tried to, you know, comport myself with professionalism and in the way that I dealt with everybody from you know the, the promoters to the fighters to my fellow journalists. You know, I'm. One of the things I also miss is just, you know, the the, the people that you meet along the way, uh, the people that you see, you know, it becomes sort of a traveling circus where, uh, you know, you're, you're friends with most people. Obviously, you can't be friends with everybody, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see the familiar faces when you go on the road. You spend so much time away from your family that it's always nice to see. Uh, familiar faces, and, and that's something that I miss. I just, I just always wanted to treat the sport professionally. Like I said, that was kind of my mission statement from the get go. I wanted to come in and treat MMA the same way that ESPN was treating Major League Baseball back then, um, and I wanted to kind of be part of a wave in that direction. So as long as people look at me that way, that's fine. I know people. You know, people always say like, "Oh, you know, you went to Fox Sports." That's you know that's that's a shill, that's a promotional partner, whatever. Um, and there, there's there's always going to be the issues of that. You know, you, you work for Fox, you know you know how it is. People are always going to accuse you of things. Even when I was there, I tried to um, criticize the UFC where it was warranted, and there was many spots I did it. I just hope people just uh, look at me and say that guy was pro.
1: You know, on uh, in, in, in Sports Business Journal a couple of weeks ago, there was a story about the decline of the UFC pay-per-view and this transitional period as they grow internationally. There's going to be some growing pains. What's your take on the UFC product right now? I mean, I know you said that you haven't watched a lot, but are you concerned? I mean, I feel like if you would have left the sport four or five years ago and there were still, you know... 12 pay-per-views and a couple of fight nights here or there, you still would have probably had an easier time keeping up with it. But now with almost a show every weekend, it's easy to get into the routine of not watching the shows. Are you concerned about where the UFC is headed?
2: Yes. You know, I think I gain a whole new perspective of it from the outside. Yeah. From the inside, you have no choice but to keep track of every show and every fighter and every injury that happens. in. And so from from being in the bubble as dana likes to say and and other people in the sport it is a different viewpoint um you know on one hand i completely understand what ufc is trying to do i mean they have some of these untapped markets where they know that they can swoop in uh make a killing financially and hopefully build a fan base um on the other side of it the cards are getting watered down there's there's no two ways about it i I think i used to always say like there's there's really not oversaturation is kind of a um, I don't want to say a myth, but it's just kind of over-exaggerated. It, it's really not. Now now I think from the outside it's much easier to see that it's not. Oversaturation is here. When you look at the, the cards, um, there's a lot of guys that you just don't know on, on major event pay-per-views, uh, on the main cards, and and you, you know, there's no reason that I shouldn't know who these guys, some of these guys are. And and I just don't understand how that's a uh, incentive to buy. Now, like I said, I don't blame the UFC completely because they they're trying to serve all these masters. But at the same time, it's this is like the classic mistake that businesses do, which is grow too quickly. So while they're sitting here raking, or uh, cashing in these big checks they're getting from going overseas to different places, is it you know is it long term the right move? That's that's answer that's still going to be seen. Um, obviously the pay-per-view revenue is down, but international internationally, I'm sure the revenues for, for Gates and for television contracts are up. So I'm sure that's part of the internal battle that they fight as well. It's cause it's like, you know, okay, we're gaining here what we're losing here. So we're still doing okay. Right. As as long as we keep kind of, you know, putting the sport out there and exposing our brand, it's going to help us. But I don't, you know i think we're not going to know whether that's true until a few years from now are they get, able to make more stars out of the guys that they have so far you know we haven't seen a lot of evidence of that which i think is i think is pointing towards the fact that it's not working as well as they hoped but it's 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 also like i said hard for them to stay out of these spots that that uh, want them to come in these spots like you know ireland and england all these places that are, australia that are clamoring for events um but they're unfortunately kind of wearing the roster thin too.
1: It's funny to ask this question to a 40-year-old man, but I have the opportunity here to do so. What's your dream job? If you could pick one thing to do now, one industry, is there something that comes to mind that you would love to do, other than writing the book, of course?
2: (laughs) Yeah, being a full-time novelist would probably be it. That would be it, Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, I mean, I I love... If if someone just made me an offer to, to come in and write columns about sports, you know... Once once or twice a week, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen, but yeah you know obviously you know doing something with writing has always been at the crux of what I do in my career, even when I left journalism for a little while so um, something to do with writing, yeah for sure but i i yeah i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna try and hammer out this book and see if I can uh sell it to somebody and you know see if I can build off of that but uh i I know that that's probably probably a little bit of a long shot that 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 it's going to turn into something huge but you never know so you might as well go for it
1: yeah of course i support it 100 percent. okay before i let you go i'm gonna ask you to put that mma reporter hat back on for one quick second jose aldo he returns to action on saturday used to do those amazing breakdowns for mma fighting and i don't miss those, by the way (laughs) i know a lot went into them i i i I definitely appreciated that aldo mendez too who's your pick and why
2: Huh. I didn't really spend too much time thinking about this. I, mean,
1: I know that's I, why I, that's why I want to ask you, putting you on the spot. Yeah,
2: I'm 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 gonna lean Aldo just a little bit. Like I would say, uh, I, I don't think I would put money on it either way. Um, what are the odds? By the way, is Aldo favored? Pretty.
1: Eric, do you know the like, odds? You know? He's taking yeah. a nap. Uh, yeah, that, I'll, I'll find them out in a second here.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I think I'm leaning Aldo a little bit just because I feel like, I know a lot of people say, you know, some of his recent fights have been a little bit lackluster. I think he's one of those guys that turns up the, he's, he turns up the, the volume or whatever to correspond with the situation. So maybe if he's not so motivated when he looks across the cage and doesn't see a big threat, you know, he's going to be a little lackluster and lackadaisical. But when he knows that, he's in for a challenge that maybe he, he's actually in some danger mm. that he's able to turn it up a few notches i think a lot of great champions are like that and i think that he's one of them so that's why i think that, that he's probably going to win again um chad mendes is a great fighter though i wouldn't be shocked if he wins but i'm leaning at aldo
1: so aldo is a minus 230 chad Mendez 190 what i like about that i
2: actually thought it would be a little closer than
1: that really you know, uh, it, it feels like one of the, you know, lately it feels like there's a lot of title fights like the DJ Karyosso fight where are like, yeah, I really feel like the champion isn't going to be tested. But this one, I, I truly don't know what to expect. I feel like it could go either way. Of course, Aldo held on to the cage and all that. We'll get into all that nonsense later. But for now, Mike, uh, we got to go. It has been a great pleasure to have you back on the show. Don't forget about us. I know you're moving on and you, you pop up on Twitter now and then. It's like I, I have my MMA media feed on Twitter and then just out of nowhere... Chiapetta pops in there with his two cents. It's great to see, uh, great to see all as well. Keep us posted on what you do next, and, uh, and all the best. Don't be a stranger.
2: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There he is. Thanks.
1: Mike Chiapetta, stopping by. Great to have him on once again. It has been a while. I think the last time we had him on the show, over a year ago, one of the true good guys. You'll, you'll, you'll be hard-pressed to find many people in MMA who know about MMA who have anything negative to say about this man. Uh, as he mentioned, treated everyone with respect and was was incredibly professional. And uh, I think MMA media is a little lighter. It's it's a little less strong these days. A little weaker, as they may say, uh, without Mr. Chiapet on the beat. Miss him, but I can certainly understand that he wants to uh, flex his muscles and try something else in his 40s now, which is you know the new 20, as a, as I'm told. Even though I'm not quite there just yet, but look at this man. Looks like he can do a triathlon. He is actually quite fit. I don't know if you've ever seen, but his biceps, tall guy. He's, I mean, he's, 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 he's a pretty intimidating guy as far as his physical stature is concerned. So he's got uh, he's got a lot to do. I'd love to read that book. One of the great writers as well in the world of MMA. We miss him, but happy to see everything's okay and looking forward to his next venture. All right, let's uh, move along here. As I said at the top of the show. It was announced uh, just a few minutes ago that Daniel Cormier is the new full-time co-host of UFC Tonight, and UFC Tonight has been on a two-week hiatus, but it is back this Wednesday. It's back at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. They took a bit of a break because of the World Series, which is... Oh. I think we have a... uh a new. Do you, do you know uh, do you know of this new Skype name for Mr. Cormier? Gave me two oh, okay. What the heck? He gave me a He gave me one and then he gave me another one. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, we had the wrong Skype address for Mr. Cormier, but we will get him on, talk about that. We haven't had Cormier on the show for a couple of months. The uh, last time we had him on was before the brawl, before everything that happened with the Nevada Athletic Commission, of course, before this news came out, because it just happened a few minutes ago. And uh, you probably know, if you're a fan of this show, that he returns to action on January 3rd against John Jones, probably the most anticipated fight in my opinion, of the next few months. And it really starts to get hot and heavy after this weekend. I mean, this weekend's a good card. It's really, in my opinion, a, a two-fight card as far as what you really want to go out and watch. And there are some interesting fights, fighters, but, you know, the, the main and co-main. And the co-main is particularly interesting because the two guys coming off... Losses on the same show and not very inspiring fights and performances, but still names, Glover Teixeira, Phil Davis, they're both in the top 10. But it's all about Aldo Mendes, in my opinion. And then things start to get really interesting with UFC 180 in Mexico. Kane versus uh, Verduum, and of course, DC will be there cornering his good friend and training partner, Kane Velasquez, uh, UFC 181 with the two title fights, Hendricks versus Lawler two, and Pettis versus Melendez. And then UFC 182, which is John Jones versus Daniel Cormier, a bunch of other fights in, in between then. These guys were supposed to fight at UFC 178 on uh, September 27th, but John Jones injured his knee, had to have surgery, and probably a blessing in disguise in hindsight, even though the news was incredibly depressing because... At least if you're D.C., it's probably it's probably a blessing in disguise because he was being asked to to not have a full training camp. His knee maybe was a little bit banged up, and now he's definitely getting a full training camp. He's getting several months. I mean, he's getting even the luxury of taking some, some time off, even more so than he had. And so they'll probably ramp things up as far as that fight is concerned in the next few weeks or so. Um, I have seen some footage of Daniel Cormier, who, by the way, was just announced as the—or, I guess, voted or elected as the new uh, American Kickboxing Academy captain, which was a very big deal to him, although uh, rumor has it that he was the only one who actually volunteered to do the job. But that's okay. I mean, someone needs to volunteer. There wasn't a big election. It kind of reminds me of when Chael Sonnen ran for public office, and he ran unopposed— And he won by 99.9%. Remember that? Back at UFC 117 when I called him out. Didn't necessarily call him out, but it was on the uh, Like Water DVD when he tried to play it off as him beating his opponent. And uh, then I reminded him that he ran unopposed. He played it off very well. Classic Chael. By the way, I was on his podcast. If you uh, missed it last week, you're welcome. First episode. Wow, I couldn't believe it. I wasn't scared. Originally, I was supposed to be first episode, then not. And then I guess I made it. I guess I wowed the crowd over there. And it seemed like the podcast did well. I told them it's the Helwani effect. We were number one on iTunes for a couple days at least. And then I haven't checked it recently, but it seemed like it was pretty well received. I know there was a question about that last week. If there's a question again, I could tell you a bit about the backstory. The rest I'm going to keep for myself and my memoirs. But I was honored to be on the show and uh, to see that everything's going well with Chael. And I I look forward, I think it was good for him to get, you know, all that other stuff out of the way. Uh, The stuff about the drug test and, you know, his personal life. And now he can settle into the role of host. Podcast host extraordinaire. Now, where is Daniel Cormier? Someone talk to me. We could just do phone. I don't need to do Skype. Can you tell him that? Is he not there? I don't understand. He texted me. I don't like to be tardy, you know. Yeah, let's just do phone. One thing that really pisses me off about the new iPhone, every time I try to check texts or Twitter, it's always flipped. Does anyone have that problem? It's always flipped. And then I have to restart it. Why is it always flipped? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I try to look at it this way, like my pink case, I try to look at it this way, and it's always this way, and I can't get it. It's damn annoying that just happened. All right, we're going to get Daniel Cormier here in a second. Afterwards, we're going to be joined by the legend Hoist Gracie. He might be a little late to Hoist Gracie here. He really wants to do Skype for some reason. Yesterday, we were watching Cormier and I. I was reminding him of our first our first time running into each other. That was prior to the strike force. Chicago event, which was headlined by Fedor versus Brett Rogers. We did that wrestling match. King Mo, Cormier, they recreated the WrestleMania six finish, but with a twist. Because I think Cormier, I think he he turned on King Mo. It's a great clip. It's online. It's on my my old YouTube channel. And uh, I think that was the first time that I ever ran into Daniel Cormier. And finally, we have him. Here he is, the captain of captains, the man who is now known as the co-host of UFC Tonight (laughs) and the new captain of the American Kickboxing Academy. It looks like he's in a bunker in Afghanistan. I I can't even see you. What is going on there? I mean, this is the most pixelated. This is the worst Skype connection I have ever seen. We've got the music for you. The captain of captains himself. The new co-host of UFC Tonight, the former two-time Olympian, the former All-American from Oklahoma State University, the one and only DC, Daniel Cormier. How are you, Daniel?
3: Ariel, it is a bad, a bad connection.
1: This is the worst connection of all time. I mean, I had this whole introduction planned for you. I had the music. I had everything. Hey,
3: and- wait, let's, let's, let's start over again. Let's go back. re do it all over again. We're having internet issues at MMA
1: hour right now. No, no, no. You're having the internet <laughs> issues. Can we call you on your phone and just do this normally? Because now we're just taking up too much time. We're going to call you yeah. on your cell phone. Call me on my
3: cell phone. I want to do it like this, so I like looking at
1: you. I know, but this is just horrible. I mean, I f- honestly, I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like you're in a witness protection program here.
3: I'm just in America online. All-
1: yeah, you're using dial-up. Can we call him on, on his phone right now? We're going to do the whole intro again with the music and everything. I really feel like he needs to hear that. So let's call him on his phone. Gosh. What what a what a start for Daniel Cormier as he enters this new era as UFC Tonight co-host with Kenny Florian. By the way, Mazel tov to Kenny Florian, who just got married this past weekend. I'm still waiting on my invitation, but uh, nevertheless, I heard it was a great affair, and I heard it was a great party. And uh, I want to wish him a Mazel Tov, as well as his beautiful, beautiful bride, Clark, who uh, got married this past weekend in South Carolina. I wonder if Daniel was invited. Yes, people making fun of Daniel Cormier's... All right, let's try this again. Let's do the, the music wait. the whole bit again. Here we go. Wait,
3: wait. Y- yes, yes. You you were going you first you said I think that was the first time I ever ran into Daniel Cormier then you go on and you say here he is and then you go into that whole thing
1: okay 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 so you know it was uh, it was Strike for Chicago and of course King Mo was the big star back then and and it almost felt like it was. King Mo and I having this moment, and Daniel was the third wheel. He was trying to get some airtime. He was trying to make it in the business. You know, he had the Olympic thing and all that. We don't have to go through it. But uh, needless to say, four years later, here he is. Not only, and you can play the music now, not only is he uh, the two time Olympian, not only is he All American from Oklahoma State University, not only was he a captain of his high school wrestling team, he is now the captain over at the American Kickboxing Academy. And it was just announced, just went through the wire the new co-host of the number one rated show on Fox Sports 1, the official news and information show of the Ultimate Fighting Championship UFC tonight. He is the number one contender in the UFC's light heavyweight division. The one and only Daniel Cormier, everyone. Daniel Cormier. I love
3: that. Wow. That was awesome.
1: (laughs) Do you hear the music?
3: (laughs) Oh, it's awesome.
1: You're the natural. You're the captain.
3: It's almost like, it's almost like it's almost like Nature Boy, Rick Flair's soul. Kind almost. of.
1: It's from The Natural, kind the movie. Because you're a natural when it comes to TV work.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's awesome.
1: Well, congratulations. Uh, I know this is something you've wanted for quite some time. And, and what's it like now to be officially a part of the Helwani team? Because, of course, everyone knows that you know, there's, 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 there's the team and then there's one star of the show. What's it like being a part of the Helwani team officially now?
3: Well, first off, for confirmation. I must say to the people who are listening that may think, well, Ariel's a little full of himself. <laughs> <laughs> we, we brought Ariel Hawaii on set over the 4th of July weekend, Yes, and the ratings broke. It skyrocketed through the roof that the Nielsen ratings actually collapsed because Ariel Hawaii sat at the desk. That's just the truth. Not... The truth. What? But uh, it's good. Look at it's you good.
1: dropping Nielsen ratings like you're some kind of expert.
3: <laughs> it's good. It's good, man. It's uh, it's awesome, man. I, I, uh, it's good because of all the guys that actually tried to get this job. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, it was it's, it's it's good because of no, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's good because it's good because it's something that I've wanted to do. You know, I it. and also it's good because truth is. A lot of people, try. we tried, you know, and, and um, I think Brian Stan's amazing. You know, so Gil Melendez does a fantastic job. Brendan Schaub, uh, from when he first came in and tried the first time to, to, the, to what he did last time he was on the show, it was all amazing. It shows the confidence that the guys over at Fox having me to actually pick me to host the show when so many talented guys actually went out and tried to do it
1: now here's my concern and i think a lot of people share this concern i mean you are an active fighter and you have a big Mm -hmm. fight coming up you're fighting for the belt on january 3rd how are you gonna juggle all these responsibilities especially considering the fact that you don't live in la it's not like you just get in your car do the show and come home you live in san jose you have to get on a plane is this going to be a distraction
3: well ariel you know i've been getting that a lot as i I do these interviews but Again, it goes back to having so many guys that actually, you know, all of us did the show. We all tried on it. And now I can actually step away six weeks from the fight, as I've always done. And guys like Brendan Shaw, Brian Stan, uh Gilbert Melendez, all those guys are so good that they'll just, they'll just do the job just as I do. You know, it's like, so the process of actually picking a host has helped to get so many talented guys to actually take my place when I go off and train. Fighting is my main focus. And also, uh... Right now, as I'm start, you know, I'm in the, in the beginning stages of my training camp. Uh, it serves as a day off. Ariel, you know, I, I get on the, in the morning. I wake up. I get on a plane, fly down to LA, which is only 45 minutes. Do the show, fly back. I'm home by 8 o'clock at night. You know, so uh, it serves as a day off. If I don't have a day off in the middle of the week, I won't take one. I'm one of those guys that that actually, if I have Monday to Saturday, I will probably go Monday to Saturday. So. Uh, this will actually force me to train smarter by taking that day off midweek, and I think I'll get more out of myself. You know?
1: What was a bigger honor when you were named captain of the American Kickboxing Academy, replacing the great John Fitch, or the new co-host of UFC Tonight?
3: It's kind of hard to put a. It's kind of hard to put a value on that, you know, because because it's it's so different, you know. I mean, with the captain thing, it's like to to. To have my guys, to have the guys actually and coaches actually believe in you to actually name you the captain of a gym, that's been around since the start of MMA. I mean, Brian Johnson was fighting out of the American Kickbox Academy when he fought Frank Shamrock. So to, to be named the captain of a team like this is, is a huge honor for me. But then the UFC Tonight thing is something that's so unexpected. You know, I mean, things that are unexpected usually are are, are big. You know, I mean... When I came to California in 2010, I never had any idea that I could actually ever have a job hosting a TV show, whereas if I was on this team and I did well, at some point you can think that you would be looked at as one of the leaders.
1: You know, in the last three, four months, you retired as a as an amateur wrestler. That was a great moment at the Fan Expo. You got engaged captain of the team, got the John Jones fight. This happens to you. You know, father of two wonderful children. I mean, your children are absolutely adorable. A lot of good things have happened to you over, you know, the course of your life. But would you say the last three, four months have been maybe the best stretch of your entire life?
3: Best stretch of my entire life, man. Healthy kids, engagement, you know, all the things you listed, the job, last wrestling match, actually getting to get on the, the mat and wrestle. My wrestling shoe. I yes, got my own wrestling shoe, cage fighter. Uh, I think it's all. I think it's all. It's all building up to that moment. It's all building up to January third. It's all building. Everything is laid out. You know, now it's up to me to go and get it. You know, it's all. It's all there for the taking, Ariel. You know, I mean, I said time and time again, this is the culmination of a lifetime of competition on January third, and it's like everything is just building to that date I can't wait but honestly best stretch of my entire life was probably this last four or five months where all this good thing is, all these good things have happened
4: perhaps
1: if and when you become champion you can invest in uh, a bit of a better, better internet connection
3: maybe that would you hey know, you know what you know what nice. you know what it is man I, I I'm the guy hawani that commercials actually work you know like you guys probably just fast forward through the commercials with your brand new DVRs and all that stuff. We don't use DVRs in this house. No, I'm lying. <laughs> I watch commercials <laughs> and they actually work on me. They work. What does that even so mean? Someone, if I'm sitting at home and there's like a, say, a Popeye's commercial comes on. Oh, yes. And they're like, oh, it's the greatest chicken ever. I'll go and eat it. Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'll get it. Gatorade. This new Gatorade so good. So I've got to try it. Like. This new water, it's better than all natural water, and I, I go and try it. Like so, commercials really work on me. So when AT&T UVerse said we have the best internet, I had great internet before. I switched my cable provider because I wanted AT&T UVerse because the commercial just was so good. You know, and now look at what happened. You know, I can't even use Skype anymore. <laughs> it's embarrassing.
1: And and look at you. I mean, you're 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 considered to be so media savvy, yet you just dropped like five Fortune five hundred companies. None of them are your sponsors. You're giving them this valuable airtime, this this the, these plugs. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> well, what would your sponsor well, say if something like that, if they heard this?
3: There's there's one there's one that I'm hoping to make a deal with, and you know who they are. I've been chasing them for the last six months. Still. It's my holy grail. Still, it's my holy grail to actually have that sponsorship. It'll happen. It'll happen January 3rd.
1: How often do you think about John Jones? Like how many times every, in a day?
3: Every day. Every day. Every day I think about John Jones. It just kind of comes into my head, you know? And then I think people at this point are probably a little tired of hearing me talk about him so much because it's constantly me thinking about what I can do. How can I implement a game plan to beat the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? You know, it's like, it's constant, man. I'm always doing, talking, thinking about John Jones. It must be annoying for the people around me.
1: Honestly, do you feel a little bad for Gustafson now that he is healthy and he's not getting the fight?
3: I mean, you know, it's circumstance, man. You know, Ariel, a lot of things come down to circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This job. You know, circumstance, uh, the fight with John, it's circumstance, you know, like me winning the strike force heavyweight grand prix circumstances, mm, sure. you know, sometimes, sometimes things come down, down to, uh, the person that's willing to step up when an opportunity is presented. I did, uh, did we know that, that John and I would, it would be so electric? No, uh, it's It's taken on a life of its own and and now it's like he can't get back in his place, but no, i mean i'm I'm not gonna feel bad for him now i'm I'm not gonna feel bad for him when he's waiting at the end of two thousand and fifteen to fight for the title because I'm gonna win, and then Jones is gonna get a rematch, so it's like Alexander Gustafson just he was the victim of circumstance, so no, I don't feel bad for him at all.
1: Scale of one to ten, how nervous were you when you were meeting with the uh, the athletic commission, ha- having to replay that 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 brawl? I mean, that that was great theater. That was theater at its finest.
3: <laughs> I, was, I was scared, man. I was scared. You know what was you know what was the worst? Like, I'm in. I'm with my lawyer, and we're talking about the situation, and I'm like, you know what, man? I was defending myself, and when you got a team of people that are on your side. They're all like, yeah, you know, and you're talking about it. and It all sounds so good. But then when you get out there and John goes up and he accepts responsibility for everything he did. And then I'm up there saying, oh, I I defended myself. Are my lawyers talking. I'm like, man, we are so stupid. We should have just because my instinct is always to man up. Yeah. Man up and just take responsibility. But in that situation, I think we did the right thing, you know. But immediately I'm like, we are so this sounds so dumb. Plus, you know, you got the commission. Who, uh, you know, after talking to Floyd Mayweather and they were just like, you know, really nice to him. And then they were really nice to John. And then one guy didn't even know my name. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> By
1: the way, what's it like interviewing your boss? I mean, very few people have to do this. You have to interview Lorenzo Fertitta on the show and Dana comes on the show and, yeah. you know, fellow fighters that you may not like. I mean, it's a very unique thing that both you and Kenny have to do, but even more so for you because you're an active fighter. What's that like? Is it weird?
3: You know what? It's not that bad. You know those guys. Those guys put off a, a very good vibe. You know it's, it's hard whenever people are kind of standoffish or are in a shell. Uh, it's not that bad because these guys put off great vibes. You know, like Dana's easy to talk to. Dana will actually call in and, and say, you know, hey, you know, don't pull any punches with me. Just ask me whatever. And you know, it, it's you don't get that very much from people in this position. You know, so because of their because of how open they are and just because of the vibe that they put out, it's, it's very simple. With fighters that you don't like, I mean, I, I interviewed John Jones after he fought Glover Teixeira, and I thought it was probably the best interaction that him and I had ever had. Uh, so, you know, things happen. The, fun, the best part about it is actually being on the show weekly, and then we do fight picks, and then walking up to the guys that Kenny picks against and going, you know Kenny Florian picked against you. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> that's fun.
1: I thought you were going to say okay. I, I thought you were going to say my segment was the most fun, but I guess that's more fun.
3: Well, thing is, you know, your sec your segment's pretty cool, but you know, I think <laughs> me introducing your segment is sure. whenever it you know, that's when the light shine the brightest.
1: Sure. No, no, I understand. <laughs> You know uh, uh, the the thing that really made everyone, I think, really want to see your fight against John Jones was that moment, you know, off camera moment that leaked. You know that that, that clip. Um, you when you watch it, you you cringe a little bit. Some some kid uh, just put out a, a, a hype video for your fight. It's tremendous. Everyone's been tweeting it. I'll, I'll find it on my feed and tweet it as well. But when you watch that interaction, because that was as real as it gets, steal a line from the UFC, we don't see that kind of hatred between two fighters who are about to fight. I mean, it's just fascinating to watch. I wish it was 60 minutes long. But when you watch it, what do you think?
3: It's pretty cringeworthy, actually. Yeah. Because you, know, you don't want to really present yourself in that way. You know, you don't want to be... Because John and I, above all, we're family men and we're fathers. You know, we've got kids. So you don't necessarily, you don't really want to be portrayed like that because that's not who we are, uh, at the bottom of it. But you know, man, whenever, sometimes man, when it's real and you just have a genuine dislike for for someone, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it just, you can't control it. You can't control it, man.
1: How bad was the other stuff? The stuff that we didn't see?
3: that was pretty bad too man we've had we we've we've had a
1: What are you doing over there? Is someone calling you or what?
3: No man, I'm just trying to think about I'm trying to think about it. I'm just like it it was that bad. It makes me actually kind of try to find the right word to 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 describe it. It was bad. I mean, it was bad. It was very insulting to him and I I said some things I'm not proud of. I'm pretty sure he said some things he's not proud of. Uh, it was bad. I mean, was it any was it any worse than what you guys saw? I'm not exactly sure, but it was bad, man. Again, you know, it's just like and emotions were running really high whenever we we uh we went and did that. That was about that was only about thirty, forty five minutes after that whole right. lobby thing. You know, so emotions were running really high. And Hawani. Yes. I've gotta be very careful with, with how I word my stuff because you know the commission actually said they got me on that. Whenever I uh, I went in front of them, sure, they sure. said I told Kenny Florian and them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be good for my wallet. So you got, you never know who's watching and who's listening. If I listen to you, you've got the most watched. Sure, uh, you got the most listened to show in the history of all listened to shows.
1: I mean. Not even talking about MMA. We're talking about shows in general. You know, I saw yeah, your I saw your clip where you were addressing the troops after you were named captain of AKA, and it was a good clip. It was inspiring. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing about you, DC, that I always appreciate. You you respect history. You know about the people who were there before you that paved the way for you to get to where you are today. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest. As far as AKA is concerned, you're a bit of a Johnny Come Lately. I mean, you weren't there from back in the day. Yeah, you, you're just there the last so, few years. I was at AKA. On the day, I mean, the darkest day in AKA <laughs> history. I was there when the entire team was almost thrown out of the UFC. You know about this story, right?
3: I do know about this story, but I did not know you were in the building. Okay. I didn't think you ever set foot in our building.
1: Yeah, Oh, they roll out the red carpet for me. But how about this? That was, I mean, you talk about opportunity, circumstance. I was there. I was in San Jose covering a strike force event, and it was a dark period. We didn't know what was going on. And the great Javier Mendez, founder of AKA, addressed the troops and before I let you go, I wanted to. Pl- I have the clip of him addressing the troops. Yeah. Not many people have seen this. I have the clip of him addressing the troops, and I think that you need to take a couple pointers on how to properly address the AK troops. I wish you can see this, and you could go back and watch it, because if you look around the room, it's pretty fascinating. It's a video clip. We'll hear the audio of it here. The fans watching at home can watch it. Here's Javier Mendez addressing the troops, and I want to play this for you as a pointer or two as to how to do so in the future. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Here's Javier Mendez addressing the troops after the entire team was almost kicked out of the UFC back in November of 2008.
4: This is just my feeling on how we are as a team and how we stay as a team, okay? Number one, what, what happened yesterday is what happened yesterday, okay? Every one of you fighters has a decision because it's your decision. You basically, all you guys are my bosses, basically. Every single one of these fighters, every one of you guys with Koscheck, with Swick, and Fitch, and Kane... Like uh, with Koscheck, his fight that he had with with the Alves, you know, Bob said, hey, what do you think of the Alves? And I was like, uh, Koscheck says, I'm taking that fight. I don't care what you guys say. Well, guess what? Kos is the boss. I'm going to support him 100 percent. So I support him 100 percent because that was his decision to make, not mine. My job is to train him, to support him, to be his backup when he needs it. That's my job. That's my job with Swick. That's my job with Paul. That's my job with you, Kyle. That's my job with everybody here. My job is not to take sides. I don't take sides. One guy likes oranges. One guy likes apples. Well, okay, I'm going to go with the guy that likes oranges because... No. No. You guys are all the same to me. I love you guys all the same. I'm going to treat you guys all the same. So whatever decisions you guys make, I'm backing them. I'm not choosing sides. And if we start choosing sides, are we a team? We discussed that already, you guys. We're a team. We stick together. If we don't stick together, what do we have? If all of a sudden everybody decides, well, okay, I'm going to go with SWIC. Okay, I'm going to go with costs, You know, do we have a team there? we got a team divided. Now we got two separate teams. And I didn't work so hard in everything I've done here for us to not be a team. We're a team. Let the management do what management has to do as far as their part, but you guys direct management. Management doesn't direct you hence this is the the situation that came about. It wasn't management that makes the decision, the fighters make the decision because they are the bosses. All management can do is encourage you guys and tell you what's on the table and the fighters decide what they want to do. And we can't take sides on what your guys' decisions are. We have to go with whatever you guys are doing within reason that's within the limits of the law. And on top of that, you know, we're a team. If we can't be a team, well, what are we? You know, I keep saying team because, you know what, I think we all know we are a team. You know, so I want you guys to understand that no matter what happens here, Swick, you know, VAN, whoever, we're a team. So let's remember that, and when we do our thing in here training, we're a team, and let's stay together as a team. That's what makes us strong, and we need to continue to be strong. Let the other things happen as they happen, but we cannot do one thing and separate who we are. We're an AKA team, and we're a strong team, and we're going to continue to be strong. Okay, so I don't want to say anymore. Let's not. Nobody talk right now. Anybody wants to do their own talk, we can do later. You know, but right now let's work out. But I just need to say, let's stay together and be a team. All right? Okay, let's go, you guys. How about that? That is,
3: and that's some intensity in Javier Mendes. How about that? That's cool stuff, right? I like, that is good. That is really good. He, that is really good. That was before practice. So could you imagine how those guys got after it whenever they let them put when they let those guys lace up and go fight? Could you imagine how they got after it after that?
1: That's history right there. That's history.
3: That is awesome. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need you to make sure I have that video.
1: Well, I'll send it to you. You can watch it on the replay here. But that that to me is... that, that That's why I have a, a lot of affinity for AKA. Because A, they let me in and no one else was allowed to come in as far as media. But... How he kept talking about team, team. And so I want you to understand. I know that, you know, sometimes it's all about DC, but I want you to understand that you are now the captain of a team, all right? That you mm-hmm. guys have to be a united front. Don't forget that.
3: That's how, and that's how we always are, man. And if you notice, that's why we, that's why when answering questions a lot of times and we talk about training camp, we say we, mm. we prepared. We prepared the right way. We've done it the right way because we are a team. And we are A.K.A.
1: I'm very happy for you, Daniel Cormier. Congratulations on not only being named captain, also co-host of UFC Tonight. Every Wednesday, Fox Sports 1, it's back this week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. They got the right guy, in my opinion. So congratulations. I will talk to you on Wednesday on the show and, uh, and enjoy it. You certainly deserve it. And, of course, good luck uh, prior to January 3rd. But I have a feeling I'll be talking to you before then as well.
3: Thank you, R.R. I really appreciate it. Got me all choked up here with the with the uh, <laughs> with the Javier Mendez video.
1: That's how we nah, do. That's how we do.
3: Real, real emotion, Ariel. You I know like, how to bring it out of a guy.
1: I like that. Now go work on that internet connection. All right, bro. Later. All right, there he is. DC Daniel Cormier, new co-host of UFC tonight. Let's move along. All right, let's go into legendary status here. One of the greatest of all time, the man who put this sport on the map, the man who put the UFC on the map, the man who, when you walk around and tell people that you cover this sport, they say one name. They say Hoist Gracie. They think of this song as well. How about the intros now on the show? I like it. Classic UFC right here, right? They think of Hoyce Gracie choking people out left and right, no one knowing what the heck he was doing on the ground. But he put this sport on the map, and he's joining us right now on the phone right here on the MMA Hour. Hoyce, how are you? How you doing, sir? You like that music? Yeah. you
5: remember <laughs> I like it? The
3: music.
1: I, I like the music,
5: um, the, the next one, the last of the Mohicans. Oh, the I other like one that, that, that they one used. Theater. That, I, I chose that one you chose the it UFC, the first UFC wasn't chosen it was just that's what they gave it
1: to me so wait th- so they asked you which music you wanted and you got to pick it
5: after a while yes not on the first UFC right of course
1: because they didn't know that you were going to win even though your family was involved right <laughs> But then you were calling the shots. So let's get into this, Hoyce, because yeah. some very big news happened just a couple of weeks ago, less than a couple of weeks ago. You were named the new brand ambassador for Bellator MMA. And, of course, this, this raised some eyebrows because you're, you're synonymous with the UFC brand. You, you made a name for yourself in the UFC. You are the UFC in many people's eyes. You start the broadcast, you and Kent Shamrock. How did this opportunity with Bellator come about?
5: I will always be in the UFC, man. Come on, man. That's my house, man you built but that house Bellator, I built that one <laughs> um, the Tour, I'm friends with Scott Coker, and he um, set me up with a few seminars on the past and um, he starts talking to me hey you need, need some help over here like sure that's what I do best man. travel, teach I already teach seven months of the year all over the world. So I'm just going to help them out.
1: Did you have any reservations because it's not the UFC, and like I said, you are so synonymous with that brand? Did you speak to the UFC brass? Did you approach them and say, is this okay? Uh, because, you know, like I said, when the, when, the, when the news came out, it was surprising.
5: I talked to Dana White. Okay. Yes. I called, called him up. I talked to him. Say, hey, the guys want to offer me a job. It was pretty much, well, what can I say, Royce? I was like, okay, thank you. So I'm just gonna help them out. It was pretty much, I mean, it was a little longer talk than sure. that, but <laughs> was, was he no upset? Good. No. How can you be upset at me, man? Come on. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: Were you hoping that I'm trying,
5: to, I'm trying to please everybody, man?
1: Were you Were you hoping that you know he'd say, "Oh no, come here and do this for us. You're, you're part of the family." Was that why you called him?
5: Um, I was calling him to because I'm loyal. You see, I've been with that brand for so long with the UFC, so more of a letting him know, "Hey, this what's happening. I don't expect anything." It's a long time I stopped expecting stuff from people. So if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I don't expect him to do anything or anybody to do anything. And he pretty much, his response was like, I don't know what to say, Hans. it's uh pretty much, good luck.
1: Do you think that you will still be, you know, like last year you were at UFC 167 and all that. Do you think you are still part of the UFC family? Do you consider yourself? Do you think you'll be welcome as such?
5: I hope so. I only have good things to say about the UFC. Right. Like I said, we will always consider UFC my house, man.
1: When they sent out the press release announcing this news, they called you the godfather of MMA. Do you consider yourself the godfather of MMA? Uh,
5: That would be my father. Hmm. I'm his son.
1: <laughs> Even though your father never had a, a, a traditional MMA fight like you did, you still consider him.
5: Um, he had more than I did.
1: Well, MMA—I traditional... mean, as, as far as MMA is viewed in, in, in the 21st century here.
5: Yeah, no, he had never had those. But I, I'm a product. I'm a product of his work. I'm. Mm. I'm a, a fruit. That he planted the tree. So, yeah. Sometimes people give me all the credibility, but hey, I'm just doing what I know, what I learned from him. And, and don't forget my mom. And don't forget my mother. My mother's pretty mean too. <laughs> sometimes course. even meaner than he was.
1: Always got to get problems.
5: My, my 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 father would say, "Do not hurt your opponents." On the first UFC, he's all guiding you to hey be I mean win the fight, but don't hurt them. Don't draw any blood. Try to be as nice as you can. Just be a gem. My mind was like, forget all that, son. I wanna see some blood. I want you to hurt your opponents. It's like okay, mom. <laughs> and
1: your 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 role is and that's pretty amazing that your, your mom would say that and your dad wouldn't. Um which is not typical. Your role is brand ambassador. What does that mean? What exactly do you have to do?
5: I gotta smile, wave. go to the fights, meet up with the with the sponsors, with the crowd, help out the fighters on how to think, how to act, how to um, to not to. Um, yeah, how to act inside the ring and outside the cage, inside the cage and outside the cage.
1: And this is all part of a new era for Bellator with Scott Coker at the helm, and they're getting rid of the tournaments, and they're signing guys you know, like you and Stefan Bonner and some, some bigger names doing some interesting fights. Do you like the new Bellator as opposed to the old Bellator, or did you like the old Bellator more?
5: I I'm going to start to watch the new Bellator now. Okay. I haven't had a chance to the new one. The old one, yeah, it was okay. It was good. It was good. It wasn't bad. Man. It was good. I'm a fan of MMA, man. So, old Bellator, new Bellator. Yeah. Scott Cook is a personal friend. So, but, um, man, they got a strong team. They got Viacom behind them and they got new Three new kids coming up. I don't think that there's enough job on the UFC for all the fighters. So there's so many talent coming out. So many new kids, man. It became a job. But if there's only one show in town, how can we employ all this talent?
1: Why do you think people like Scott Coker so much? Why why does everyone speak so highly of him?
5: I have no idea, man. I like him because he's a martial artist. Mm. With, we, like I said before, Bellator. He already hooked me up with a couple of seminars for his crime group that he that belongs to that he, that he got a black belt from, and so, Ernie Reyes, and so he's the one who put me in touch with them.
1: But do you feel like he treats, he's not your typical promoter, he treats the fighters differently? Is that why people like him so much?
5: That's what I hear. I never had to deal with him as a fighter. Mm-hmm. But he's always been nice to me. But again, who's not nice to me?
6: Yeah. It's hard to... Everyone's nice to you. It's... If
5: somebody's not nice to me, I to I, I, I like, why? What have I done? I try to be nice to everybody. Man. I try to get along with everybody. Somebody's not nice to me. I'm gonna confront. I'm gonna say, "Hey, what's going on, man? What's what's the beef, man? What's the problem? How come you're not nice to me? I'm gonna ask."
1: And of course, no one wants to get on your bad side. I mean, one time I feel like I kind of pissed you off, and I saw this look in your eye. I thought you were gonna break my neck right then and there. So I learned my lesson. Come on, man. I'll never do such a
6: thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jose, you, were... you never, you never got on my face. okay. I... You. I saw you were like, "Hey, you, come here right now!" And I saw this look. Whole. I, just to, I just had to have a little talk with you, but that's a different story. Sure.
5: <laughs> oh man, you haven't forgotten about that.
1: I'll never. Are you kidding me? I soiled myself right then and there. Hoyce Gracie, the legend. The look you with your eyes. You choked me out with your eyes. I was that nervous.
5: <laughs> man, <laughs> no, that wasn't me, man. That wasn't me. It was hands. <laughs> <it was> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> hey, by the way, I the ball, <laughs> recently you were in the news because, of course, uh, Eddie Bravo uh, fought Hoyler Gracie in, in Metamoris. competed against Hoyler Gracie, and then there was this thing between you and Eddie Bravo. Where does that stand now? Are you interested in competing against this guy?
5: No, no I haven't got any offers. But no. I don't compete in, in, in uh, grappling rules. I'm an MMA fighter now. Ah, I'm an MMA fighter all the way.
1: So the only offer you would entertain as far as Eddie Bravo is concerned is an MMA fight?
5: Nah, I'm pretty much
1: done fighting. So what with, happened there? What was the with, problem?
5: With Eddie Bravo, Bravo's personal. Hmm. Everybody yeah. talks highly and praises him. The guy praises. Do you have kids?
1: I have kids, yeah, too.
5: Yeah. You have two kids. How old
1: Two and what? a half and eight months.
5: Well, you're going to send your kids to learn from a guy that tells everybody it's okay to do drugs. Hmm. It's okay to drink alcohol. Sorry, man. It's a, you want to do it in private. Do it in private. I have no problem with that. But for me to send my kids, I can never send my kids to someone that praises alcohol and drugs. It's that's what he's going to be teaching your kids. Is that what you want your kids to learn? It's okay to smoke pot. Oh, pot's not a drug. Walk, walk into police station with a pound of pot hmm. and tell the cops that it's not a drug.
1: Come on. So do you feel like he's almost giving jujitsu a bad name by promoting this, but also being a you know a jujitsu practitioner, a teacher as well?
5: People that don't know they. They hear about it and they start to think oh, all the people that do jujitsu, smoke spot. It's a drug addict. Mm. Yes, he does generalize. Here I am fighting for something good and the guy's fighting for something bad, in my point of view. So I can't agree with that. What he represents, it's nothing to do with his jujitsu, it's, not, it's nothing to do with that with his teaching or whatever, with his school, is the endorsement. You want to do something like that, do it private, keep it to yourself.
1: What, what, was there an altercation at that metamorphs match afterwards? He spoke about yeah. it, but what, what about you? Did, did you feel like it got heated?
5: No, I came up, I saw him outside on the the metamorphs. I want to talk to him, because right? I haven't seen him for a long time. Yeah. Well, like, I, you know me. I'll, if I, I, I'm going to come up and I'm going to talk to you. Sure. And I talked to him in a nice tone of voice. Hey, man, I like what you said about my, my father and my family. He was throwing up. his look up like, uh, I was like, because I almost heard you talking trash about my family. I never thought, trash. He said, whoa, he raised his voice. Oh. Put his finger up. I was like, whoa, hold on. Put your finger down. Don't you raise your voice to me. That's when I got, you know how I look, how I get.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I know it very well. The
5: tone of, now the tone of voice and the face changing. I was being, I was making a nice comment. I always talk trash about my family. I like what you said after the match recorder. You talk good about my father and my family. I like that. And the guy raised it up and raised his voice. I never talked bad about you. I look at
3: my book. Man, I don't look at
5: Shut the fuck up now, man. Shut up. Shut up, man. Just don't say anything. Just, now I got heated up.
3: <laughs> and then
1: what happened?
5: That's Jacques, then Zajac walked in He he's like, come on, boys. He just left. We just finished fighting. I let like, go to the ground. I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. He to walk away. I just walked away. I was like, yeah, man. The guy, all the fucking trash, man. Almost putting us down. Putting the key down. Key on his school. I heard him making comments. The key is to clean his math i fought all my life with a gi. Anybody have a problem with that, come talk to me. Go do what I do.
1: That's why I feel like you versus him would be just, it would be so huge for the sport. You know, old school, new school, your issues. I mean, that that would be gigantic for Metamorris, right?
5: Metamorris, do they allow punch to the face?
1: (laughs) I don't
6: (laughs) believe so.
5: Gotta do this rubber guard stuff on you punch in punching
1: nose. <laughs> oh man. I love it. <laughs> what about what about your cousin Henzo? He's competing at Sakuraba. Do you think he'll win? No punches Hanzo as well.
5: Henzo is a machine. Henzo doing stuff that no I never see anybody do. The guy competes in a grappling match one day. The next day he's in a plane to go travel across the world to fight an MMA match. Or vice versa. He fights MMA match, jump in the plane, fly across the world and will compete. He does that for pride in Abu Dhabi. Sometimes he got fought in Japan, jump in a plane, a couple days later he was compete in Abu Dhabi. Unbelievable.
1: Of course, you've competed has, against Sakuraba. Will you help him train for the match? Man, Hans
5: lives in New York, man. I'm yeah. cool, so busy over here in LA. I just saw him this weekend. Oh. He looks good, man. He looks good. Hans always of course this steers is up, man. He's always good to hang around, man. Once you get next to hands, he's gonna stop laughing.
1: <laughs> but even though even though you say that you're you're not interested in uh, you know, uh, anything that doesn't involve punching, do you like do you feel like Metamoris and your family's of course behind it? Do you feel like they are it's kind of the new age, they are advancing the you know, the Gracie way and jujitsu, this is taking it to another level. Are you a fan of what they're doing?
5: It's better, I like it better than the than the normal i mean the average tournament out there, yeah, but it's not something it's a dream matches it's not something that you do a tournament style it's a different 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 setup I like it better
1: you you like that better than say Abu Dhabi or something like that
5: i it's right up there.
1: Okay.
4: Do you
5: I'm, think not firm, I'm not very fun. I'm not very fan of the tournament points. Right. Of the point system, you see the, the, the
1: do you think that it can take jujitsu to the next level as far as to the, oh, we lost them. Are you still there? I think we lost them. Drop the mic. Okay, just a few more minutes with Hoist Gracie and then we'll move on to our next guest, Mitch Gagnon, who is, uh, Who was patiently waiting. Very interesting stuff from Hoist Gracie. His take on Eddie Bravo. Eddie was on this show after his quote-unquote draw against Toilet Gracie, which I thought he actually won, but as you know, the Metamorris system is no points, submission only, which is fun except for when a highly anticipated match ends in a draw. But still, there are times when you know that if this was your traditional jiu-jitsu match, this guy would have won. And I'm no jiu-jitsu expert, but I would say that most people who watched it thought that he was the unofficial winner. Of course, he was on the show afterwards and uh, was quite heated about everything and very interesting to hear uh, Hoyce's response. Now, as we wait to get Hoist back, let me remind you that tomorrow, Tuesday, October 21st, from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, Tour is having a fan fest at the Dave & Buster's on 2931 Camino del Rio in San Diego, California. 2931 Camino del Rio, Dave & Buster's. It's open to the public. It's free. Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, Stephen Bonner, Kent Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, Mohamed Lawal, Michael Chandler, all will be in attendance, autographs, meet and greets, the works. That's the Bellator Fan Fest where, among many others, you can meet the legend Hoyce Gracie himself. He's back on the phone. Hoyce, are you there?
5: Yes, I'm here, man. You hanged up on me. No,
1: man. no, it wasn't us. I, I think it was uh, New York Rick in the back there. We'll, we'll keep you on for just two minutes, and then we'll right. let you go, and thank you very much for the time. I just wanted to know, do you think Metamores can take jiu-jitsu to the next level? It can make it a mainstream sport where it's on TV, or do you always believe that it will be sort of in that niche area, the gray area, as far as the American sporting world is concerned?
5: Mm, it's. Uh, I think it can, can get the media. I can, I think Yeah. can. I think he can. He's just, they're doing dream matches. Yeah. As long as they keep doing that, you see, the match that the public wants to see. Not in a tournament style, but single, one shot.
1: Yeah. Ha- hey, by the way, has Scott Coker asked you to fight for him yet?
5: No, I'm done, man. I'm done fighting, man. Are you kidding? Unless, if you want to fight me.
1: No, no. Trust me. I want nothing to do with you. That's only interviews. But you, have,
5: but, you, but you have to tie one hand behind your back, man.
1: Like Art Jimerson, kind of.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, could, I mean, he's he's got Tito there. He's got all these legends. Stefan Bonner. Why not Hoist Gracie? You're only 47. Oh. You're a young man.
5: Yeah, but I know when to stop.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to push it. You're smart. You
5: got to you gotta know when to stop on this business, man. The bar doesn't recover as well, so.
1: And the hoist, the hoist Gracie business, it's doing well, right? You're you're flying all over the place.
5: And I'm traveling seven months of the year.
1: Seven months? You enjoy that?
5: I, I love it. I'm not I'm not traveling more because I got a family. I got a family to take care of.
1: Do people give you respect? I mean, do, 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 do the young people, do they know who you are? Do you feel like even though it's been 20 years, 21 years, do you feel like they, they, they know and understand what you did for this sport?
5: They look at me and say, man, you're so old now. <laughs> 20 years ago, I was a little kid when I saw you fight.
1: Wasn't, 20 I years ago, think, wasn't that long ago?
5: I will thanks a lot
1: you know what's funny about 20 years like when I think of 1993 when UFC 1 happened I mean when I think about what else happened in the world of sports the Chicago Bulls won their third straight NBA title that doesn't feel like all that long ago but because MMA has progressed so much since 1993 it actually feels like it was 50 years ago do you know what I'm saying?
5: so you're calling me old now no
1: no. (laughs) you're calling me 50 years old no 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 okay maybe maybe I should stop (laughs) I will stop (laughs) Meet Hoist Gracie oh, <laughs> tomorrow at the Bellator MMA Fan Fest, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Tuesday, October 21st. It's free and open to the public. 2931 Camino del Rio in San Diego, California. King Mo, Titor T, Stefan Bonner, Randy Couture, Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, Michael Chandler. Do you still get along with Ken Shamrock when you see him? Are you guys friends?
5: He would never be my friend. Come
1: on. Oh, really? He's
5: so the he's- person that I fought. <laughs>
1: It was. Is is it weird when you see him? Is there tension?
5: No, it's good. It's all good. All right. I forgive, but I don't forget. Oh. But uh, yeah, we'll be there. David buses tomorrow. David buses from five to seven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, what you, what what? Don't you forget? You say you forgive, but you don't forget. What do you not forget? Man,
5: the guy talks too much. <laughs> he talks too much. So. Okay, let him do the talking. Let do the fighting.
1: Well said. And, of course, Beltor 131 is November 15th. Tickets on sale right now at Beltor.com. My last question to you, Hoyce. Tito Ortiz, Stefan Bonner, who wins? Ooh.
5: That's a dream match right there. Tito got his ground and pound game. I like to way Tito fights. Man, he comes to fight. But Stefan Bonner is dangerous. You can never count him out. He's been training BJJ for a long time. So, I don't know.
4: Well, you got to make I a can, pick.
5: I can, I can, I can, I can, oh man, if I had that crystal ball, I would be playing a lot. I can see Kittle taking him down, getting on top of him. But I can see Stefan Bonner going for submissions. So, nope, I don't, I won't pick, man. Because he can go either way. That's why we create
6: this stuff. That's
1: true. All right. Well, thank you so much, Hoyce. And uh, I'm glad that we're, we're friends again. I'm glad we cleared the air and that, uh, you know, we've, we've repaired our relationship.
5: All good, man, always.
1: <laughs> thank you, and uh, congratulations on your new deal with Bellator. See Hoyce Gracie tomorrow, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time in San Diego. Dave and Buster is meet and greet with many other legends of the sport of MMA. Hoyce, a pleasure as always. We appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There he is, the one and only, Hoist Gracie. How about that? Always an honor to have him on the show. All right, let's move along. Our next guest is going into the eye of the storm. He's going to Brazil December 20th. It was announced last week that this uh, this young Canadian man is going to Brazil to fight the former UFC bantamweight champion. Now, I was surprised because I thought Henan Baral was going to take some time off, but that is not the case. Henan Baral is coming back on December 20th, co-main event, of the Leona Machida versus C B Dalloway card, and he'll be fighting the streaking Mitch Gagnon, Ontario's own Mitch Gagnon. He joins us right now on the MAR. Mitch, how are you?
7: Pretty good, man. Just uh just uh sitting in my car waiting to uh to go training.
1: Oh no. Are we are are we keeping you up? are are you are you late oh. to training?
7: No, I'm early. I'm early. Okay.
1: Well that's Canadian for you. I mean you we're always very punctual, right?
7: <laughs> yeah.
1: By the way, I've always wanted to ask you this, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, of course, your name is a French name, Mitch Gagnon. Uh, are you French-Canadian?
7: I am, yeah. I'm French-Canadian.
1: So you're, you're from that part of Ontario that's uh, more French than English?
7: Uh, you know, the North Ontario is pretty French. You okay. Know, you, you play it right down the middle, really. You know, so yeah.
1: How much does it bother you when people call you, like, Gagnon or Gagnon? <laughs> I mean, there's so many different variations of your, yeah. of your name. How much yeah. does that bother you?
7: That doesn't bother me at all. I <laughs> most, of my, most of my friends are English, so they always razzled me on, on the. you know, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing for, for many years.
1: Okay, so let's talk about this opportunity. I mean, you've won four in a row, you've looked very good in the UFC, and you're not just fighting. I mean, most people thought, okay, you won four in a row now, you've looked solid, you're going to get a top 10 guy. You're not getting a top 10 guy, you're getting the former champ and he was yeah. supposed to fight at 177 that didn't happen of course so he's just you know he's a fight removed from losing his belt what was your reaction when you got the call that you'll be fighting Henan in Brazil of all places
7: you know i was i was shocked uh, to even get the opportunity for for a few reasons obviously that i thought i was going to get it needed to get a few uh, fights you know you know uh, like top top 10 but you know high high top 10 and uh Number two was, you know, I thought Renan Barra was going to take uh, was going to take some time off after, you know, his his loss and then his bad cut weight cut. You know, I thought he was going to take a step back and reevaluate things, but you know, I guess I guess he's ready to go and uh, you know, I've, I'm I'm super happy, super excited for the opportunity.
1: Are you surprised that he's coming back? I mean, do you think it's a bit ill advised? Because I thought the rematch was happening too soon, and we saw what happened there. I mean, his body essentially shut down on him. And now this fight is happening, you know, a little over three months later, and and, and the body takes some trauma. He was beat up against T.J. Dillashaw. He says he doesn't really remember most of the fight. So, given all of that, are you surprised he's coming back in December?
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, very surprised, but you know, the, at the end of the day, you know, I think they're 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 great camp. They know what they're doing, you know. So, uh, I you know, it, it is what it is. If he takes it, he's ready to come back, uh, uh, you know, and they offer me a fight. I'm happy. I'm happy regardless.
1: Do you think that works to your advantage? Do you think that you're not going to see the best Hen and Brown December 20th? Uh,
7: you know, I don't know. It could be the total opposite. It could be the best and Brown. I don't know. Um, I'm not really focused on that. You know, I got you know, nine good weeks of, of preparing for this fight. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm not delusional. I know it's a big step up in competition, but, you know, I've been pressing for this. I, I wanted this, um, did I think I was going to get any brown next? No, but you know, I've, uh, I'm happy. I'm really happy to, to really get this going and then proving that, you know, probably 99% of the population are off.
1: Uh, so you last fought just 16 days ago. So you're essentially getting no time off. Are you okay with that?
7: Yeah. You know what? I actually took two weeks off though, you know, and that's good enough for me. I'm always in the gym working and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I'm healthy. Uh, I wanted three fights this year. I was, uh, one of the things I feel like I'm not doing enough is being uh, active, so I'm I'm pretty happy I got three. I'll I'll, I'll get three in there, and uh, you know against uh, the former champ, it's uh, cherry on the pie.
1: So you have had some some visa issues in the past, and some people might not know this. This is going to be your first pro MMA fight outside of the great country of Canada. You're skipping yeah. the United States. You're skipping Europe. You're going straight to Brazil, which is obviously a very hot market for the UFC and, and very boisterous crowds, et cetera, And you're fighting you know one of their very own are you going to be able to go to Brazil? Because as I mentioned, you've had some visa issues in the past.
7: Yeah. You know, everything is settled. Um, you know, uh, my management and the UFC are, are, are working on that. And, you know, uh, everything is settled on that. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, everything is, is good. Uh, what, what were the problems? Uh, you know, it's just something that happened, uh, you know, over a decade ago. And, uh, I really don't want to go in details, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to get resolved. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just focused on 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 the fight.
1: So you're 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 going to be able to fight in Brazil, U.S. Uh, no problems there, right? No problem. Well, that's good. I'm reassured now, because you know, remember in Chicago, like the week of the fight, you you were yeah. you were turned back. That must have been devastating.
7: Very de- devastating. You know, it's, uh, you know, I've I've worked, you know, put put a lot of time in that camp, and and not to fight. You know, it was is heartbroken, especially being my debut fight. You haven't
1: been, I mean, you came back in April, but you had uh, a pretty long, I mean, what was it? Uh, it was Six seven, months, I guess. Se- yeah, seven months or so. Uh, prior to that, you had a year off. Why did you have, why have you not been as active as you would have liked?
7: Um, few injuries, you know, I blew out my knee uh, be- between uh, both September cars that I have fought on and, uh, um yeah, I actually, you know, I got injured a few times and then, you know, obviously uh, the visa issue. And so, you know, we put that com- the combination of my injuries and that, you know, it's- that's why I haven't been active.
1: You said that 99% of people, or at least you feel that way, don't think that you're going to win. Why-, why, do you- why do you think that is? Is that simply because he's the former champ and they may not know you? Or why do you feel like you're not getting the respect at least early on here?
7: You know, it, uh, well, it's you know, it's not what I think. It's what you know, my Twitter feed <laughs> got bombarded by <laughs> the the day that they uh, they um, announced the fight. So it's not really what I think. It's what uh, I see, and right. you know, it's, at the end of the day, it, it it you know, I'm I'm too strong mentally and, and physically to really uh, that that doesn't bother me at all.
1: So so people were going to your Twitter feed and telling you that you're going to lose.
7: I'm like a lamb being fed to the wolves and Jeez. yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah. What kind of a person does that? Uh, I guess, uh, and Baralpa. <laughs> w- were these Brazilian people? Uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't really look at it at all. Like I don't even finish reading the, the messages. If I see it's negative, it, 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 does, it's not constructive for me. It's, uh, it's negative And I, I just keep scrolling, you know, I see, a. I see a, a good message. I'll retweet it. <laughs>
6: uh,
1: do you uh, do you just block these people right away? Because I recommend doing that if you don't.
7: Uh, you know, it's it, you no. Know, I guess you know how I see it is any publicity is good publicity. You could talk shit about me or talk great about me. It's you know, it's it's part of the sport.
1: Have you talked to the anyone? Go ahead.
7: No, the more you advance in the sport, the more more people will talk, you know, bad or negative, and you know, it, it, it's one of those things that you just have to deal with and uh, not not, you know, bite into it emotionally, and uh, just it's part of the fight game. Uh, I I, uh,
1: I I've been to Brazil a couple times. I've I've covered events there. I'm actually going there this weekend and the crowds are second to none. I mean, they're, they're, they're very intimidating. If you're fighting, they chant, you know, you're going to die and all this stuff. Have you talked to any teammates or friends? I know the fight just was recently announced, but to try to get some kind of expectation as to what you're going to face there because you are, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, you, you are going to be uh, not the, the most liked man in, in Brazil when you fight there on December 20th.
7: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I honestly didn't really put any thought into it. I'm just super excited for this fight. I've been... Uh you know uh really just uh focus on 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 getting back into training and having a good game plan for for this fight and uh you know i i'm really not focused on that right now do you
1: feel like if you beat Burrell, you will be the number one contender
7: yeah you know, the the division is really really uh a little bit of a mess. you know you got dominic cruz coming back who's got a uh, title shot against uh, tj Dillashaw. then you get ascenso who's on a seven fight streak who's who's promised to fight against TJ. I don't know where, where that promise stands. Um, I don't know. Um, really, um, it's really not important for me right now. My The importance right now is for me is the next nine weeks getting prepared for Henneborough.
1: Well, I certainly think you'd have a strong case if you beat Henneborough. I'm wondering, will you watch the TJ Dillashaw fight a lot? I mean, that that's that's... One of the few losses on his record, of course. He, he went on this amazing streak. Do, will you try to replicate what TJ Dillashaw did?
7: Uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let my co- coach decide. You know, like I have, I have confidence in my coaches and whatever they, they feel like I should do. And, uh, you know, I, I obviously have my little opinion on, on where I could win this fight. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let my coach, uh, you know, get the game plan going and I'll, I'll just follow it. Where do you think you can win this fight? You know, I feel like if I put a lot of pressure on Henning, I I feel like I, I can make him do a lot of mistakes. And uh, I think when he backs up, he's he's that's where he's more vulnerable. If you let him settle in and and, and fight his fight, you know you're you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I think if you move a lot and, and not be in the pocket with him and trade punches, you you uh you know your chances are greater of winning this fight.
1: Will you watch the first fight? Will you watch that, that that that? I call it the first fight. The second one never happened. UFC one seventy three Dillashaw Brow. Will you watch that fight as you prepare for this one?
7: Yeah, definitely. I already watched it a bunch of times before. I'm you know I'm watching you know all his fights uh, from then till you know all, all all his fights I'm watching. You know I want to see what what he you know he you know obviously fighters evolve, but there's some things that people keep doing, and, and, you know, I want to see what he does always, and, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be watching his fights.
1: By the way, recently on this show, we were talking about the state of Canadian MMA, and I wasn't so high on it, I felt like not enough talent was coming out of Canada, perhaps because the, the, there aren't as many uh, promotions building talent these days, and the uh, the UFC hasn't gone there, and GSP, you know, retired, or at least walked away Temporarily, what's your what's your take on Canadian MMA today, as opposed to a few years ago? Do you feel like it's in a good spot, or do you agree with me that uh, there there aren't as many prospects coming out of Canada these days?
7: Yeah, I wouldn't say prospect, but I do believe that uh, we we lack uh, MMA shows to show that the the talent we have. There's so many. There's so much talent here, uh, especially like um, where I train in Toronto. There's so much talent here, but there's not enough shows to. uh, to get them fights and it's slower for them to to get fights. You know, I got a few buddies, they fight maybe once or twice a year, if that. And, uh, you know, definitely MMA in Canada or maybe like in Toronto area, Ontario, has down down, died down. Uh,
1: Will you be doing your entire camp in Sudbury?
7: No, I haven't been doing my camps in Sudbury since uh, uh, my uh, Carraway fight. Uh, I've been coming to Toronto, uh, you know, pre-religiously to to do my camps here.
1: Where in Toronto?
7: I I go. I move around a little bit. You know, I go to Ed Rush Training Facility where uh, R G Grant is the head coach there. But for uh, uh, for boxing, um, I go to Parabellum um, out of Oakville for uh, my MMA specific stuff and, and kickboxing. I go see uh, Joseph Altalini, uh, Bazooka Joe Glory yes. Camp. I go see him. I go see him religiously. Um, and I move up, yeah, it's probably those, those three, three gyms I mostly go out of. But I, I, do, I do, you know, various gyms uh, on the odd time as well.
1: Are you going to have to go to Brazil for a media tour of sorts and, uh, you know, take that all in and, and face off with them? This is a big fight. Are they going to do that for you?
7: Yeah, um, I think, I'm not sure the exact days, but, you know, I'm supposed to be flying out in the next couple of weeks anyways to do a media tour in uh, Sao Paulo.
1: Oh, are you looking forward to this? Because you have never gotten that kind of attention before one of your fights, as far as the UFC is concerned. Are you are you looking forward to this?
7: For sure, yeah. I'm 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 writing it. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying every moment of it. I can't wait to be there and then just uh, get through the process. Uh, It's gonna be awesome.
1: All right, well, uh, I wish you the best of luck, Mitch. Thank you for coming on December 20th. Hennan Burrell returns to action against Canada's own Mitch Gagnon riding a four-fight winning streak. He's looked very good as of late, and this is obviously a very big fight for both of them, for Hennan to try to get back on track, and, of course, for Mitch to uh, pick up the biggest win of his career. Wish you the best of luck. Good luck out there, Mitch, and uh, thank you very much for the time. Great to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Mitch Gagnon, Ontario's own So, you know, since I was uh, crapping all over my home country as far as producing talent, in the last couple weeks, Roy McDonald got a number one contender fight, and Mitch Gagnon's fighting Hannah Brown very well may be a number one contender fight. So how about that? Perhaps I lit a fire under everyone. That's what I'd like to think. All right, let's move along. Uh, I said at the top of the show that the UFC, of course, they've introduced the strawweight division. Women's strawweight division, 115 pounds. And they're featuring them on The Ultimate Fighter 20. And on December 20th, they're going... 20th. On December 12th, they're going to crown their very first UFC strawweight champion. But according to most women's MMA experts, and the one that I consider to be the, the, the leader as far as women's MMA media is concerned, Robert Sargent from MMA Rising, the number one strawweight in the world is not in the ufc she is the world series of fighting Strawway champion she is jessica aguilar and she joins us right now via the magic of skype there she is right there jessica how are you
8: hey ariel how are you um, it's it's an honor finally get invited to your show
1: oh who's calling you right now or is that on our end
8: it's sorry
1: about that no no problem um well it is an honor to have you on the show Uh, We really appreciate the time, and congratulations on this amazing Skype connection. Wow, this is crystal clear. I feel like you're in the studio with us right now.
8: Really? Yeah. Wow, that's good. Daniel Cormier
1: needs to learn a thing or two. He came on the show earlier, and his Skype connection was horrible. It was putrid. So uh, it's great to have someone who actually cares about their Skype connection. So um, a lot to talk to you about. First, let's get the business out of the way. November 15th, it was announced that you would be defending your title. However... XFC is now saying, wait a second, this is not going to happen. What exactly is going on? Are you fighting on November 15th? Will you be defending your title?
8: I will be defending my title on November 15th, WSO, WSOF 15th. Um, you know, Ali, the matchmaker for WSOF and, and WSOF, they've confirmed the fight It's happening. You know, I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on on, on the other end. But uh, I know that I do have a fight uh, November 15th, so I will be defending my title again, which I'm very happy and I'm excited to and, uh, you know, ready to keep winning.
1: And of course, the issue is not you. The issue is Kalindra Faria, who they're claiming that XFC is claiming is still under contract with them. Did they tell you that even though she doesn't get, you know, released or, or free to fight, that you will still fight someone
8: else? No, um, I was told by Ali um, that I was guaranteed that uh, I will be fighting Kalindra. Okay. So my fight will still be against her. I will be defending my, my uh, title against Kalindra Faria.
1: Okay, well, that is good to know. And, and uh, happy to see that everything, uh, apparently, according to you, both you and Ali, that everything's okay. Hopefully, XFC doesn't stand in the way. We'll see what happens there. Now, what do you make of her as an opponent? I mean, it, it, not really one of the more talked about fighters at 115 as far as you know, the top 10 is concerned is she on your level in your opinion
8: right well you know she has a she has a great record and she's fought some top opponents um you know she's been around for a while also um i think you know there's a lot of talent that is isn't you know known as well and uh you know she's she's ranked so you know i just want to keep fighting the best keep proving you know my skills and just just keep staying number 1 so um you know it'll be an exciting fight she has a she has a very extensive you know background stand-up and and she has good uh ground game so i'm excited to uh to challenge myself against her
1: how do you feel about what i said at the top you're the number one ranked strawweight in the world Do you agree with me do you think you're the best
8: of course yes sir i am the best
1: uh, so what, what what's what's your opinion when you see you know uh the ultimate fighter 20 have you been watching the ultimate fighter 20
8: I have. I have when I, you know, I've, I've been recording and I've been watching as, as much as possible. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited for those girls. I have a fellow ATT sister on there, Tisha Torres. And, um, you know, she's obviously, she, you know, she, it didn't go as, as well as she wanted it to, but she's, she has an amazing, she's amazing talent, um, very tough, and uh, just happy to see, you know, the growth of the sport um, and what's going on with my division. It's, it's just really exciting.
1: Uh, So, but when you see, you know, Carla Sparza ranked number one and she was the Invicta champion and whatnot, I mean, when you're part of the UFC, when you're on the Ultimate Fighter, even to a degree Invicta, you get a lot more attention, a lot more notoriety. Do you feel like you don't get that respect from, you know, the casual fans, the casual MMA uh, media member, et cetera?
8: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think, you know, obviously we're talking about UFC, the biggest promotion in the world, um, which is a different platform than any other promotion. And that's just the truth. Um, you know, so when you put, you know, those ladies on a show like that, they're going to get the exposure. They're going to get the, res- you know, the respect they deserve. But you know, um, like I said again, I'm just very excited for what's happening with my division and just to see those ladies, you know, sh- do what they love to do and, and just show their talent on the show. It's 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 a good it's a cool thing.
1: I remember you you linked up with World Series of Fighting right around the time that the UFC announced that they would be introducing the strawweight division, that they bought these contracts uh, from Invicta and they would do the Ultimate Fighter and all that stuff. Did a part of you say, gosh, you know, th- th- that would have been a great opportunity? I mean, I, even World Series Fighting will tell you, UFC is number one. I mean, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. Did you feel like you missed out on the opportunity?
8: Well, you know, um, as you said, I, I signed with WSOF uh, like a week before, two weeks before uh, UFC announced that. And, you know, I, had, I hadn't been... Had been with Bellator before. I had, you know, I was very—it's very not active as, as I wanted to be, not not as active as one, as I wanted to be. And they gave me a great opportunity, you know. They had, I mean, they called me. They said, "What do you want?" And it just it just worked out. And um, you know, I t- I, op- I take every opportunity uh, the same. Um, so it, it worked for me, it made sense for me and, um, I signed with them and then two weeks later, I think, uh, UFC announced it. So, I mean, I, I did feel like I, 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 missed out, but you know, I'm, I'm still living my dream, uh, and, and I still have an opportunity here and, you know, I'm fighting the best in the world and, and eventually, you know, if, if the best in the world will fight each other. Right. So uh, you know, I just I just gotta keep focused. I gotta keep on, on my path and my path is continue trading and doing what I need to do to keep winning. And uh, you know, the rest will will come, you know. If you were a free agent,
1: would you have considered going on the ultimate fighter? Do you like the idea of being on a reality show?
8: I, I don't, to be <laughs> honest. I, I'm not a reality show girl, you know. I'm uh um I, I, yeah, I'm not a reality show girl, but, you know, um, I'm happy for the opportunity those girls have, um, and again, you know, I just want to face the best in the world, and, and uh, my, you know, my folk, I have to stay focused, so um, is continue training hard, I train with the best team in the world, American Top Team, and uh, keep winning, and, and eventually the best will fight each other. Uh,
1: I know we're just a few episodes in, but do you feel like they are representing you, your division? Well I mean this is the biggest stage for your division thus far. Do you like the way that they're representing you
8: yeah, well you know they everyone's different uh Ariel you know we all we all represent the sport differently we We are all you know each other uh, each each person so I think they're they're doing the best possible and they they are representing well and uh, the uFC is doing it you know giving them a great opportunity to kind of show you know their skills and, and what they're all about so um I hope that they continue being positive and and uh you know representing uh my division uh the way it should be.
1: You know one of the the things I really appreciate about you is that you you, you, you honor your Mexican heritage very well. I mean, you come out to the cage with your team wearing the luchador masks, and you're actually fluent. In, I mean, you're fluent in Spanish. I'm not saying like it's a, some kind of surprise, but I was just doing some research on you yesterday, and I was, I was watching interviews with you on Telemundo, and you, your Spanish is, is perfect. How do, for the most part, I mean, I know that um, Mexicans, they love, they love boxing, they love combat sports, right? How do they feel, for the most part, and I know I'm generalizing to a degree here, but about women's combat sports, uh, has that taken them some time to to warm up to that or or have they for you know uh, from what you've seen, have they received you just like any of the other male fighters?
8: You know, I haven't had a problem, and they received me with open arms uh you know in in our in our culture, you know when we're representing our culture, it's like they're behind us, you know um, I haven't had any problems, Ariel. They've opened their doors, they've invited me to their shows um they've supported me so i can't be any any happier with my with my you know mexican fans um and uh that's where i came from that's that's my those are my roots
1: do you feel like you've only really scratched the surface on your popularity and and, and your success because, you know, Kane now is is blowing up and the UFC is making its debut in Mexico city next month. And I, I I can't wait to see how they receive him and what happens to him afterwards if he's successful. But, you know, there aren't that many of you, there aren't that many, you know, truly great Mexican women, MMA fighters. Do you think that you have only scratched the surface that you can be a megastar if just given the right kind of exposure?
8: Yeah, I think I've just scratched the surface and, you know, the sky's the limit man it's uh like i said once once they're behind you they're behind you and it's uh you know as you've seen you know this ufc sold out in what eight hours mm. in mexico so once you have the mexican crowd behind you they're behind you and and if i'm representing the mexican crowd they're going to be behind me because i'm going to be their champion and and that's just the way it's going to be
1: again somewhat ironic that your next fight is on the same night as the ufc's debut in mexico as a party you wish yeah, you were fighting on that card to fight in front of your own people.
8: Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. That's, that's one of my dreams, yeah. to fight in my country. Yes.
1: You've never had the opportunity to compete on any kind of stage in front of your, 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 your home country?
8: Never. I've never.
1: And uh, have you talked to WSUF? I mean, because I feel like maybe they put a card on with you, headlining or co-main event, something like that. That would do very well. Have you talked to them about this?
8: I have, I have, we've, you know, we've, we've talked about that and they've, um, you know, they've said that they would be interested in doing that and, and they've been working on, on their end, but, uh, that would, that would be great. That would be a dream. Another dream come true.
1: How many fights left do you have on your contract?
8: Um, I have two fights under my contract with WSOF.
1: Including the next one. Correct. And is there a champion's clause? Uh, we've seen that in other promotions or when those two fights are up, you're a free agent, you can test the waters.
8: Um, I think so. You know, um, I, I'm, you know, I can test the waters. I, they can re-sign me. Uh, again, I just want to continue fighting the best and continue being uh, the best in, in this division. And, and uh, you know, uh, so if they can, they can continue bringing me top opponents and, and keeping me busy because I want to be, I want to stay busy and I want to keep working, um, then, you know, uh, we'll see what happens in, in uh, early next year.
1: Are you confident that you can fight the best there with the UFC signing so many straw whites these days?
8: Well, you know, the WSOF and Ali, again, they've, uh, you know, they've kept me pretty busy this year. And and I hope that they can continue to do so. Um, and, and they've said they, you know, they can continue to do so. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's it's pretty interesting um, what's what's happening right now. and, and uh, But there's still a lot of talent out there that is... is you know that's in the top, and that's you know that i can that I can go against uh
1: i again, I love the fact that you come out in the luchador masks. I'm wondering you know other than the obvious, is there a specific reason why you wear those masks and you and your cornermen and all that i mean we know what what it represents on the surface, but is there anything more to it
8: uh that's just a part of my culture you know those um I don't wear the masks actually that my my cornermen and you know they wear the masks so uh it was just something that, that I wanted to do, you know, um, when I was coming out, have the cornermen wear, wear the mask, the luchador mask. And just to make it fun, you know, uh, the guys here, they, Mike Brown and, and Laboro, they like to play around. So it was something fun that I kind of just uh, surprised them uh, when I became champion in January and they were like, let's do it. So it was just something that we did it. And, and uh, I, you know, kept rolling with the bat.
1: And, and I feel like I'm, I'm losing my mind here. I feel like I've seen you in the mask at least once. I, I
8: even yes, said, yes, I do. Yes. I'm not coming out to the fights, oh. but I do wear the mask. Yeah. You know, I, I do a lot of things in the community. Right. Um, and I just recently, I'm not sure, I, I recently uh, – it's a. Uh, I I am an ambassador for the GLAAD organization the LGBT um, it's the largest organization for the LGBT and so they it's an anti-bullying they wanted to go purple for October 16th and so I put the a purple mask on and I do you know some funny posts every every now and then with the with the luchador mask
1: so what what does that role entail that 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 uh, that role with GLAD. what exactly do you have to do
8: just to represent them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an openly lesbian, uh, and just to a- advocate just to, you know, um, I represent them for anti-bullying, um, just an advocate for the LGBT community. Um, you know, sharing my story about how comfortable I am and, and uh, you know, how not to be scared, just be yourself, you know? So, uh, they, uh, you know, as an athlete, they, they uh, reached out to me and said, if I would be interested. And I, of course, I, uh, love to be a part of, of organizations like that.
1: The people who you meet that aren't MMA fans, connoisseurs, and, and, and they find out, you know, who you are and then what you do, are they surprised that you're an MMA fighter?
8: Yes, some Uh are. They can't believe it. A lot of people, you know, they can't believe, but you know, it's like any sport. This is just a sport. I'm an athlete and and I love what I do. So, um, if I can share my story and, and help any, you know, help, Somebody change the way they think, or, or in a good cause, I'm happy.
1: Do you find that mixed martial arts is more receptive to you know gay or lesbian fighters than other sports? I feel like you know we saw what happened with Michael Sam, and that was gigantic news in the NFL. And of course, the NFL has been around a lot longer, um, and and you know there 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 are maybe more rules and you know locker room and all that stuff. But it, it feels to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know better than I, that mixed martial arts on the whole is is a lot more receptive. To uh, to anyone and their sexual orientation, do you agree with me?
8: Um, no, I do. You know, I, I do to a certain you know extent. I I've never for, for me I've um, you know I've been fortunate here with the guys. I've, I've never had any problems, and I've never heard any you know anything negative. Um, so it's it's pretty cool.
1: So you feel like, for the most part, no one views you as such. I mean, I wasn't even going to ask you about it until you brought up the Glad thing. It's just like I think in other sports, it's like, oh, that's gay uh, NFL player Michael Sam, but in in our sport, people don't say, oh, that's lesbian fighter Jessica Aguilar. Right. We're just strawweight champion. You know what I mean?
8: Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I, I never, I never get, you know, I know, I never, they never, no one ever says that. So right. Exactly. It's uh, that's just who I am.
1: Where do you get the luchador masks, by the way? Do you have them personally made, or do you just go to a store?
8: No, actually, uh, you know, uh, if my friends, um, you know, bring me, when, when they go to Mexico, they bring me, ha- you know, the masks. Um, I actually uh, got my own made, um, and by a professional, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy that makes the luchador mask for, like, uh, what, what are the guys? Um, Guys. Yeah, the famous guys, the luchador guys yeah, in Mexico. Yeah, so the wrestlers. I got, I got oh. my personal made. Wow! It's yeah. So it's a, this is a professional jag, you know, mask made. So he's, uh, I found him in Monterrey when I went on my trip, and um, so now he's he's made my personal mask. That's so pretty cool. But usually get him from Mexico.
1: Is that one of one, or did he make you a few?
8: I have um, five original ones, but there are only, uh, only four for my corners right now, and those are the original ones.
1: Is there anything to the design, the colors? Is there any specific meaning behind those?
8: Yes. Uh, there's actually... Can you have a, the Aztec sun? There's, um, there's what well, says JAG, but then yes. there's a pyramid, obviously, for we, we, uh, the Aztecs. And then um, on some is the oh. the, Mex- the sun the Aztec sun. Um, and it's representing uh, a warrior. It also represents a warrior. So, you know, um, I got, I got, it, you know, designed as a, as a Jaguar face and then it just has a Jag and the pyramid. So it's just something that, you know, that I like to do and, and, uh, represents my culture and, uh, you know, it's a uh, the guys like it too so it's it's pretty
1: cool. It's oh, I fun. love it. In fact, Goito Perez actually gave me a mask. I used to have it on this set, but much like everything that I bring to this set, people take it and steal it. I don't know where it is, but I loved wearing it. I felt I felt like I was empowered. I felt like a, I, I truly felt like a superhero. <laughs> um really and, oh my gosh when i put that thing on for the first time it was i'll never forget that feeling i i felt like i could take on the world my nose st- like kind of like crept out of it because it's so big and it's not made for i think someone called me <laughs> el, el uh nariz nariz yeah that was my name that was my name but i'm wondering what
8: you you probably you are a superhero to to your son that is true that is true see
1: that is true. Yeah. I actually yeah. I wore it for him and he freaked out. He was a little too young to appreciate the mask. But you know, Dos Caras Jr., do you, you know him? He fought the Miracle Krokop with the mask in Pride back in the day. He later on became Dos Albert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you ever consider doing a match with the uh a fight with, with the, mask the mask on? Time. Yes.
8: I mean if it was it, it was allowed, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But uh I think there's a lot of, you know, I, it would be probably a little uncomfortable and a little hot.
1: Yeah. It's hard to breathe. Can I see you wear it? I mean, it just looks so good. I feel like this is an opportunity here to wear it. No?
8: No? If you, if you, if you want.
1: Yes. I'd like to see you wear it.
8: One with the in one. Really?
1: I mean, it's a really? beautiful, it's a beautiful I mask. I love Lucha really? Libre. You're, You're going to make
8: fun of me. Really? No,
1: I'm not going to. I have a, the utmost respect. Nacho Libre, my favorite movie, one of my top five. I mean, it's a great film. And I just want to see how it looks. Because you claim that you don't wear it, but I—I I know for a fact I've seen you wear masks many a times.
8: Well, I have wore them and posted just funny posts, but uh, when I walk out, I don't wear it.
1: <laughs> well, I think you should. Here we go. Really, Jessica Aguilar, putting on the mask. Look at that. That is so cool. That's the
8: first time I actually put this one on.
1: Really? How does it feel?
8: Yeah, it's—it's it's pretty cool. It's—it's it's really neat. Actually, these—these just got from. These just got to me from mexico why'd you take it off
1: so quickly i was admiring it.
8: (laughs) see ariel really
1: what i'm being honest great for halloween it's a good time i mean can people buy the i mean you should sell them people can dress up as jessica aguilar
8: (laughs) no 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 calm down down. i'm
1: I'm trying to build your brand here jessica
8: thank you ariel thank you thank
1: you thank you you didn't like wearing it though apparently
8: No, I do. It's just a little high. Oh, okay. Okay. I understand.
1: It's hot under the law. Let's get back to business. Okay. Well, actually, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Awesome. Um, But I appreciate uh, you coming on. I wish you the best of luck on November 15th. It's good to know that. Uh, the fight is actually happening. It's actually a great night for World Series of Fighting because there are three title fights on that card on November 15th. It's That's taking place at the USF Sun Dome in Tampa Bay. David Branch versus Yushin Okami for the middleweight title, lightweight title between a uh, title fight between Justin Gaichi and Melvin Gillard, and of course, the Jessica Aguilar. I call you the Jessica Aguilar because you are number one as far as the rankings are concerned versus Kalindra Freya. Uh, I wish you the best of luck, Jessica. Thank you so much for the time and great to have you on the show. Thank
8: you, Ariel.
1: It was an honor. Thank you. Hola. Adios. Adios. Oh, Adios. <laughs> Horrible. My son actually has a uh, Spanish class later today at 4.30. I maybe, maybe I should go check it out. So there she is, Jessica Aguilar, top-ranked strawweight, according to my good pal Robert Sargent. Okay, let us move along. One more guest today. And at the top of the show, when I was running it down, I said that... It's apropos that we have Dan Miller on today because of what happened recently in the world of sports. So I'll get to that in a second. First, let's welcome in Mr. Dan Miller. Dan, how are you?
9: Hey, Ariel. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you very much for joining us. Do you know why I consider it very apropos, other than the fact that your, your, your fight, your return to the UFC was announced just a few days ago, why it is perfect that you're on the show here today? Um. No. <laughs> you have no idea. No. So, so yesterday no. in, in, in the NFL, Peyton Manning broke the touchdown record. He was playing the San Francisco 49ers, I believe, 509 touchdowns. He plays for the Broncos now. And this is yep. remarkable because, as you may know, Peyton Manning had multiple neck surgeries. And now here he is playing better than ever. And correct me if I'm wrong, you had a very similar surgery to what Peyton had, a, a spinal fusion, right? Yeah, that's
9: correct. Uh, pretty much the same, uh, from what I've heard. Pretty much the same exact surgery, same disc and everything.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong. Did you happen to at least consult with one of the doctors that worked with him?
9: Um, I guess he was on the the consulting team that was uh, that worked with Peyton. Um, he was, uh, you know, he spoke with Peyton, and I guess. Apparently, that's what he said. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's pretty It's pretty amazing. I mean, to 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 do that in a sport and like football and MMA where it's you know so much contact involved, to go through a surgery like that, for those that don't know what that means, what exactly does spinal fusion surgery entail?
9: Um, so basically, they fused uh, two of my vertebrae together. Um, they took the disc out, put a sliver of uh, cadaver bone in there, um, put a titanium plate on it and and let it heal together. So basically two of my vertebrae uh, fused into one.
1: And was this just wear and tear, or did you suffer an injury that led to this?
9: Ah, uh, just wear and tear. Something that, You know, it's been, been going on for a couple of years, just getting progressively worse.
1: When did it really start bothering you to the point where you felt, okay, I need to fix this?
9: Um, probably, uh, I'd say you know late 2011, 2012 ish. You know, it started to get really kind of to the point where you know it was every week it was kind of bothering me. You know, I would get really bad stingers, and you know, tried to train through it. You know, after uh, fights, I did some PT and stuff, and tried to um, go you know go a different route than surgery, but it uh, just didn't didn't work for me.
4: So you've you've
1: competed in at least two fights while dealing with this this injury and in a serious one.
9: Um, yeah, it just got, again, it got, it started to to the point where it was like, you know, it was bothering me, but then uh, it got worse and worse and worse. It just never, I can never get it to the point where, um, you know, with physical therapy, getting it better. So.
1: When did you have the surgery?
9: I had it in July, uh, a year ago, this July.
1: And so, July 13th. Before the surgery, did they tell you th- there's a chance you may never fight again? Was that even a possibility?
3: Um,
9: yeah, they, uh, you know, going into it, they said that, you know, there is, there is a chance of a slight chance. And then, uh, um, you know, they were saying that once, <laughs> once they opened me up and if they had to do two, you know, my career would be done.
1: Oh my. So. so you really had no idea if you'd ever fight again?
9: Yeah, pretty much. That was the first question I asked my wife when I, I uh, <laughs> when I saw her, uh, you know, did they do one or two?
1: and And you knew right away given that answer that there was still a chance for you to fight uh yes, how long was the recovery like how long did it take for you to feel like you were hundred percent or at least you know um, as good as possible
9: i I had no you know there was no contact for at least six months um after six months, I was allowed to do like you know a little bit of you know hitting pads doing light you know light workouts and stuff like that and then uh I think it was like nine months he gave me pretty much the 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 green light to go got a full bore. And then, uh, I think just recently, I just over the summer, early summer, I got, you know, I was able to go, you know, pretty much said I could fight. So almost a year.
1: Any trepidation? Did you feel a little nervous when you first got out there?
9: Um, of course there's a little bit, you know, um, A little bit, but it's the same thing as you know anything else. kind yeah, I got over it real quick. You know, I broke my thumb in one of the fights, and first couple punches I threw with my right hand. There's you know thought about, it, but then it didn't take long to get over it. I feel great, you know, at training now. I feel I feel really good.
1: I like how you compare a neck surgery, spinal surgery, to a broken thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the time I broke uh, my 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 toenail. Um, it reminds me of the exact same thing. You say you feel great. When's the last time you felt this good?
9: Uh, it's been a couple of years. Wow. Uh, this, this training's gone, you know, this well. You know, I'm still early in the, in the training camp and everything like that, but uh, as far as, like, I really wasn't able to wrestle for a while. Um, so now, you know, I, I got back into wrestling, and, and, uh, and my neck feels awesome.
1: And uh, I believe, just uh, off the top of my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the longest layoff of your MMA career, right? Yes, yeah, definitely. How much did you miss it, just being out there competing, all that?
9: I miss it so much. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I'm, I want to get in there so bad. Um, just you know, especially watching Jim and being in the corner with him, and you know, because it was always like he would fight, I would fight, he would fight, I would fight. So there was always that, like, it, it was always something that going to his fights and, and experience always made me want to do it more. Um, and I, But I was able to. Now it's like, uh, it's just been burning and I want to get back in there.
1: <laughs> and, you know, so, so, so you're coming back and, you know, by the time you fight, I, I guess it'll be like a, a year and a half or so, but you're coming back as a middleweight and most people remember you as a middleweight. You had your best run in the UFC as a middleweight, but as of late, you fought as a welterweight. Why did you decide to go back to 185?
9: Um, I just, you know, I uh I went I tried the weight just as a you know to see if I could if I could do it um if it was something that would uh just better my career but you know I I did it twice I had you know I had a kind of a rough time making the weight um and uh I just felt I felt like I could fight a lot better at middleweight that I could perform you know way better so it decided that you know I'm not the biggest and, you know, strongest middleweight, but at least that when I walk into the ring, I can feel
1: 100%. How bad was the weight cut? I mean, did you not feel like yourself even by the time you had, you know, 24 hours or so to rehydrate?
9: Um, I just didn't, yeah, it just didn't feel right. You know, it was just one of those things that I, not that, you know, it was just that uh, comparing the two, I, I can perform better at middleweight. Hmm. You know, just you know, when i when I'm walking into the ring, it's just, I always felt really good walking into the ring. I never had, you know, too hard of a cut. And uh, I just feel like when I, you know, especially with the training I can do now and, and uh, feeling what I'm feeling during training, I think, you know, I middleweight is, is a better option for me.
1: Do you regret going down to 170? Do you think it was a mistake for your career?
9: Um... I don't really regret it i mean it was something that uh you know i took the chance i knew it was going to be one of those things where it's either going to work or it's not and uh yeah i took that chance and and uh, uh you know it took a little bit of time off the you know the clock but uh you know not not competing at middleweight now you know but it's not you know it's all right i don't regret it
1: so i understand that both you and your brother jim who of course also fights in the ufc you guys are opening your own gym right
9: yeah, that's correct.
1: When's it opening? Um,
9: we're open, open up actually November first, a little less than two weeks. Um, we, uh, you know, put a lot of time into the gym. We've been doing it for, you know, been building it out and uh, and everything for a while. Uh, Jim and I are doing most of. The, well, Jim, Jim and, I and my father are doing most of the work. Um,
1: You're building you
9: it know, yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, so. You know, my father. We did construction prior to, you know, fighting in, fighting in the UFC and stuff like that. And you know, that's what my dad did uh, for 30 years. So we uh, figured we'd take it on ourselves, you know, and just, you know, have some fun with it.
1: I feel I like such play a
9: with loser.
1: I feel like such a loser, a useless loser, when I talk to people like you. Build your own. I, I would just look up, you know, who 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 can you know help me build it. Who who I can hire? Uh, I guess I would hire someone like you to do it. How long did it actually take from when you first started to November first? How long did it take to actually make this thing?
9: Uh, a couple months. Um, yeah, we didn't really get into the place till was it early June, late May. And then uh, we were kind of concentrating on Jim's fight a little bit, too. So right. that slowed us down a little bit. But uh, um, but then once we kind of got the ball rolling after his fight and everything just came
1: together. Now, a is, this, is this a gym that will be open to the public? Or is it just for you guys and pros, you know, guys preparing for fights?
9: No, definitely open to the public. Um, we have, uh, you know, we'll have Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai classes to start and, you know, hopefully expand from there. But, yeah. We hope to have, you know, a good you know, a good group of uh you know, people come in and train with us and, and just you know, take you know, take classes and, and hopefully enjoy as much as Jim and I.
1: This is called Miller Brothers MMA, right? That's correct, yes. Where in New Jersey?
9: It's in Sparta, New Jersey.
1: Now where we grew up. And it's very close to where both of you live, right?
9: Yes. I still live in Sparta now. And uh Jim's like he's in the next town over, but he literally lives like <laughs> two minutes from the gym.
1: And I'm curious. I mean, is it uh, is it a fifty-fifty split as far as revenue is concerned? How do you work that out with your brother?
9: <laughs> well, uh, every month we fight, we fight it out.
1: Okay, uh, that's cool. I like
9: that. wins gets that month.
1: <laughs> wow, is that open to the public? I'd love to cover that. <laughs>
9: yeah, yeah. We're gonna uh, we got a cage, so we're just gonna open up the garage door, it's in front of the cage, and uh, fight it out. Anyone's welcome to come.
1: And are you are you still part of AMA?
9: Um. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're still Mike and I, I still work with Mike and
1: uh, Mike Constantino. Uh,
9: yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Mike Constantino and know uh, yeah. we we'll do primarily do most of my training up, up at our place. It was, you know a couple minutes away, and uh, you know it's easy for me. We have pretty much everything we need. But yeah.
1: So how will that work? Will you will you invite people? Will you invite Mike to come to you, or will you have like this is a, it's a new team? So how are you going to prepare for your fight there? If it's just opening in a few days,
5: um, well, we'll have guys come up.
9: I, I'm training now with guys at the place. Um, some guys come up and, and train with me, and, and you know, I have my coaches there, and you uh, know, we, uh, you know, we bring some guys in, and, and, and we we train. So, same thing, you know, same thing. We'd be running the AMA, We're just you know, doing it up here.
1: Is this something that you guys, as you were, you know, when you were growing up and, and trying to make it in the sport, even before you were in the sport, is this something you always dreamed of, to own your own gym?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh we just weren't sure. You know, r- earlier on, we were trying to concentrate just on fighting, and, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on, too. Um, so it just wasn't the right time, and, you know, we finally, you know, my personal life has kind of calmed down a little bit, um, you know, and we're, you know, getting towards the, the not the end, but it's getting later in our careers. And, you know, don't really know how much longer it's going to take, you know, be doing it. So we figured we'd do it now while we're still fighting and, and you know, make these, you know, kind of make it easy on us, especially right. we both have uh, three kids and, and uh, right now. And it, being close to home, training close to home makes it a lot easier.
1: And, of course, we can't talk uh, to you th- uh, without asking about your son, Dan, Dan Jr. How, how is he doing after everything that he had to, uh, you know, to overcome with the, the kidney disease and the transplant? How is he doing now? It's been a while since we talked to you.
9: He's doing awesome. He's doing excellent. He's in uh, he's in school now. He's doing full day. And wow. He's really well, really, really well.
1: That's tremendous news. So happy to hear that. How old is he now?
9: He's uh, four and a half. He'll be five in, in January.
1: Wow, and he's doing great.
9: Yes.
1: And, and you've had a kid since then, right?
9: I had two. I have two. Uh, two young daughters, yes.
1: You're a machine. <laughs> and they're not twins, right? What's that? They're not twins, right?
9: No, no, they're not twins, dude. I got a uh, you know, Danny's four and a half. I got a three and a half year old and a, a one and a half year old.
1: Well done. And are we going to go for four? <laughs> What's the game plan?
9: Um, no, we had the four, but, you know, we, uh, not, there's no, no kids in my future.
1: That's it. You're done.
9: As of right now. (laughs) If it was up to me, we'd be done.
1: And is, is this almost like a competition thing with you and Jim?
9: (laughs) That's what it seems to be. Yeah. Now, now there's no, uh, as far as I know, there's no, I've always gone first though. So
1: you have, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what he has to say about that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. By the way, does he have his next fight yet?
9: Uh, he does not, no.
1: Is he taking the rest of the year off?
9: Um, He's just kind of... You know, we're trying to get this gym open and, and doing a lot of work, but he's training and, and uh, I guess, you know, just seeing what they what they have and stuff. I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, well, I, I wish you the best of luck with the gym. Of course, it's great to have you back. And, of course, I, you had to come, you overcome a lot. Your your health is concerned with the, the spinal fusion. I, has any MMA fighter ever have to over? I know I know Tito's had a few of those, but that specific one, do you know of any?
9: Um, no, I don't. I don't. Wow,
1: yeah, you know, that's amazing. No um, well, best of luck to you with the gym. Best of luck on December twentieth. Great to have you back, and uh, all the best to your family, Dan. Thank you for the time.
9: Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: All right, there he is, Dan Miller. Check out his new gym, November first. If you're in the Sparta, New Jersey area. It seems fitting that the Miller brothers are from Sparta, right? It just sounds like a very tough place to be. Dwayne Finley over at uh, Bleacher Report is doing this uh, MMA road trip series, and he spent some time with them and their father, who's also a very tough man, to put it mildly, a lot more man than I am. And he went uh, went camping with them, and, and, and they were getting all kinds of branches and wood to build a campfire and doing all sorts of other things they're in this uh, this 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 area these uh, these woods that were heavily heavily populated by black bears and it seemed very scary if you ask me um, but they did it and that's just another day in the life of the Miller brothers great guys represent everything that's good in MMA great to have Dan Miller back in the mix he returns to action on December 20th uh, against Daniel Sarfian and he returns as a middleweight, where he enjoyed the majority of his success in his MMA career. Been in the UFC for quite some time, Uh, IFL as well. He has been around the block, been doing this since 2005. All right, that does it for today's interviews. Hope you enjoyed them. And now it's time to go inside the vault. So as I said at the top of the show, we're going to do things a little differently. Oh, by the way, before I get to inside the vault. Uh, Let me remind you or let you know because I haven't told you yet. So I can't remind you just yet. I have to inform you that next week's show is on Tuesday. Tuesday, October the 28th. Why is it on Tuesday? Well, that's because I am going to Rio for UFC 179. And I love going to Rio. I love going to Brazil. It's an honor to go to Brazil. To cover MMA, are you kidding me? It's the dream. But my one gripe with Brazil is that there are no Sunday morning flights to go back to the United States, and that's what I love to do. After an event, no matter what time it ends, I would love to take the earliest flight home, 6, 7 a.m., so I could be home on Sunday afternoon as quickly as possible because then I have to do this show on Monday, and you, know, you need time to recuperate and be with your family, etc. Well, for some reason, in Brazil, they don't have any flights back to the United States on Sunday morning, you have to wait till Sunday night. And of course, there are much worse things that you, uh, that you would have to endure in life than spend a day in Rio, but you get where I'm coming from. In any event, my flight is uh, Sunday night around nine something, and by the time it lands, it'd just be impossible to do the show. So the show is going to be on Tuesday. And uh, I know we did a show on Tuesday last week, but that should be it, I believe, for the time being as far as the Tuesday uh, shows. So I I apologize for the inconvenience, but please mark it on your calendars. Next week's show is not on Monday. It's on Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. GMT. And then the following week, we will be back in uh, our usual Monday time slot. One other piece of information that I want to share, I've mentioned it on Twitter but I don't think I've mentioned it on this show. On November 7th, I'm going to be returning to my old stomping grounds of Syracuse University. Uh, the great people over at the Newhouse School of Public Communications have asked me to speak to the students. And this is one of the greatest honors of my career because when I left Syracuse, and the story of myself in Syracuse, I've talked about it. You can see it on that Fightland piece and other interviews. If you want to learn more about it. Uh, I, I always said when I left, I said, I'm not coming back unless they ask me to come back. And when I was a student there, one of the great things that they did was they'd bring in people like Bob Costas and Marv Albert and other great broadcasters, Mike Tarico. I even saw Brian Gewirtz, the former head writer of WWE Raw. Uh, they would come talk to the students. It's very inspiring. And it's, it's one of the great things that they do at Newhouse. So I said, if they if you know, because my time there was, it was a little contentious at best. And I, I said, "All right, if they ask me to come back, then I'll come back." Well, it's been ten years since I graduated. And on November seventh at three thirty p.m. at Newhouse, I believe three, I'll be talking to the students. And this is this is amazing. I, I am so honored and so excited to do this. Well, at first it was just for the students, but I just got off the phone with Professor John Nicholson, who is running the show over there. And he told me that they're going to open it up to the general public, because there are some people who want to come in from you know, other parts of central New York or outside of uh, the great state of New York, and they, 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 they like to come, which is unbelievable to me. So now, good news, it's free and open to the public. You don't have to be a student at Syracuse University. They're going to have a flyer. If you're interested, be talking to the students or the people there, answering some questions. And I'm thinking right now, and if there's enough interest, I'll do this, that night Luke Rockhold is fighting Michael Bisping on Fight Pass in Australia, and I'll be there with my family, but it's later on in the night. I was thinking maybe of uh, joining up with some of the students there if anyone is having a party at their dorm, and if their RA allows it. I don't even know if you need permission for something like that, but maybe we can have a little fight party. So if there's any interest, let me know. Also, let me know if you're interested in coming from outside of Syracuse University because they wanted to get some kind of head count. I'm expecting at least 10,000 people. They're shooting for 150. Um, Regardless, I think we'll we'll have a great time. So that's November 7th, Syracuse University, 3.30 p.m. Let me know if you're interested. Great honor for me, and uh, I'll probably plug it before then as well. Okay, Inside the Vault. How are we doing things a little differently? Well, now that we got some of the classics out of the way, the ones that I really wanted to share, and there are tons, I figured, all right, let's try to have some kind of connection to the present day. Back in, back in the day, before I became an MMA journalist, I used to work on a show called Classic Now, and it aired on ESPN Classic. In fact, the host of the show was Josh Elliott, who you may see now on NBC. He was on the Today Show, formerly of ESPN and Sports Illustrated. He was the host of Classic Now, and the point of Classic Now was to tie the past to the present. And sometimes we were trying a little too hard, but it was a very fun show. Unfortunately, it was short-lived. I think it only lasted eight months or so. My job on the show was the head researcher. So I would sit next to Josh Elliott while he was taping the show. And if someone said something that was factually incorrect, it was my job to catch it. That's the kind of memory I had as far as sports trivia and factoids are concerned. I mean, I, I remembered everything. And I knew a heck of a lot as well. I just if I read it once or heard it, I just remembered it. If it had to deal with sports, it 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 registered, it entered my mind. So that was my job on that show. So I figured, as you know, I come from this world and pay homage to the show that I once worked on, it would make a lot more sense to tie the past with the present. So in our first installment of Inside the Vault Classic Now edition, you get what I'm trying to say? I wanted to look back at UFC 123, November of 2011. We're in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And I got to say, this was a very interesting event for many reasons. But, you know, it was back in the day where you know the UFC the pay-per-views were big. But it was rare for the UFC to put on an event that didn't have a big title fight as the main event, as far as pay-per-view events are concerned. This one did not have a title fight in the main event. It was Quinton Jackson coming off his loss to Rashad Evans versus Leon Machida coming off his title loss to Shogun Hua. That was the main event. Uh, The UFC was returning to Auburn Hills for the first time in a very long time, returning to the state of Michigan for the first time in a long time. Also on that card, Matt Hughes versus BJ Penn. uh, Gerald Harris versus uh, Mikhail Falcao. And uh, Phil Davis versus Tim Boach. Great win by Phil Davis. George Sauteropoulos versus Joe Lozon was also on that card and it was a bit of a weird time it was november of 2011 as i mentioned to be exact it was november 20th of 2000 i said 2011 i meant 2010 excuse me november 20th of 2010 and it was it was it was very cold and dark and it was just a weird it was we were staying in this really crappy hotel close to the palace of auburn hills and we were next to the Pontiac silver dome and they told me that there were these wild dogs like it was completely abandoned and i just got a creepy feeling about the whole situation Nevertheless, it was a memorable event for me because before the pay-per-view started, they awarded Jose Aldo the UFC featherweight title. Jose Aldo didn't have to win a fight to become UFC featherweight champion. He was the WEC champion, WEC 145-pound champion. And once they decided to merge WC and UFC, of course, both were owned by Zufa, They just awarded him the belt, and no problem with that. They did the same with Ronda Rousey and Dominic Cruz and many others. But unlike them, they asked the media that was just kind of sitting around eating the the pre-fight meal. They said, hey, we're going to have a ceremony in the middle of the cage in this empty arena before the fight card starts, before the crowd starts to file in, and we're going to award Jose Aldo his featherweight title. It was very strange. Empty arena. He comes in there in the middle of the cage. Dana White gives him a belt. And all of a sudden, voila, he's the UFC featherweight champion. Now, if you recall, he was supposed to fight Josh Grisby at UFC 125. That's when he was going to defend his title for the first time. It didn't happen. He got injured. And Josh Grisby ended up fighting Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier ended up beating him. And the rest is obviously history. Jose Aldo ended up defending the title at UFC 129 in front of a sold-out Roger Center, 55,000-plus. He defeated Mark Hominick. Very memorable fight. So I thought because Jose Aldo is defending his title once again, he's the longest active UFC champion, also the last remaining champion from Brazil, which is very interesting to me. He's in action this Saturday against Chad Mendez in Rio de Janeiro. I thought it would be fun to go back to that night, November 20th, 2010. Right after he was awarded the belt, we had a chance to interview Jose Aldo. Now, this isn't the most memorable interview, but the time is memorable. And it's interesting to go back and look at when he just became champion and how he was back then. And there's a great video of him buying a suit for the event and uh, just getting so excited. The first suit he ever bought. I know this is a personal favorite of New York Ricks. Every time he's trying something on, he's going, "Wee, wee!" it's great. I mean, the, the joy on his face is just, is, is priceless. I, I suggest checking that out. But before you do that, check out my interview with Jose Aldo right before UFC 123, November 20th, 2010. Ariel Hawani, alongside the man who has just presented the new UFC featherweight championship, Mr. Jose Aldo. And uh, Jose, congratulations first off on this belt. I know it's a big deal, but first, let me just say, I love your shoes. Did you steal this style from me?
10: Yeah, I'm living and learning. I don't think I've ever been this well dressed in my life. And yeah, maybe I got a little bit of influence from many people.
1: Well, uh, obviously a very big deal. I know you've dreamed of this moment for a long time. Did you ever think that you would get the UFC belt in a ceremony in a, inside an empty arena like that, just in front of a few media members? Kind of a, a different situation than some of the other champions have had.
10: No, no, I think I ganhar lutando, to win em cima, there. Mas... I thought I would win the belt by fighting, but I'm, it's such an honor for Dana to present me with this belt today, and uh, it's a dream come true. What did you think when you first heard that the WEC was going to merge with the UFC? I think the merger is great, not only for myself, but for everyone that was in the WEC. We're obviously very recognized in the WEC, but the UFC is a bigger stage, there's more recognition from the media and from the fans, so it's going to be a great thing for everyone. In some ways, for a while, you were sort of like the best-kept secret
1: in MMA. Do you feel as though now is your time to shine? Now is your time to really let the world know how great
10: you are? Yeah, I believe this is my time. I was fighting in a huge event, but maybe didn't have the recognition from the fans and from the media. And I think this is the time everyone is going to be able to see my work.
1: We had heard rumors that you were offered a 155 pound bout against Kenny Florian. Obviously, the fight is not happening. Can you explain exactly why it's not happening?
10: Então, Eu lutei pelo título, eu ganhei. Então, logo em seguida, ofereceram para me lutar com ele em dezembro. Da minha parte, eu aceitei, eu queria. Eu acho que o Kenny é um grande lutador, né? Já disputou o título, então. Sim, logo yeah, right que eu defendi o meu WC title, eu awesome. ofereci the Mas fight contra uh, Kenny I'm Florian. And uh, I'm ready to fight anyone, but that's really not just up to me. My coach thought it wasn't the right timing to make the move, and I really do listen to my coach. Nothing against Kenny, I think he's a great guy, he's a great fighter, but it just wasn't the right time. Okay, final
1: question. You're facing Josh Grisby on January 1st, UFC 125. Your quick thoughts on him. He's sort of a young phenom himself and has looked fantastic in WEC.
10: Uh, Josh Grisby is a very technical fighter. He's a very tall guy, and uh, he's going to be a challenge from my, defending my belt for the first time. And I just want to get back into the gym, get back into training. This whole night was amazing, but I really want to get back to train.
1: We will let you do that. Congratulations on getting the belt. We look forward to seeing you on January 1st. Obrigado.
10: Thank you. So there you have it.
1: Uh, the fight, of course, never happened. He got injured. Grisby fights Poirier. Poirier beats Grisby. And on and on it went. But that was that was very memorable. You saw a bit of the footage there. Got the belt. New suit and all. A great moment for Jose Aldo. And he returns on Saturday at UFC 179. It should be a great scene. Bitter rivalry between Chad Mendes. It all comes to a head at UFC 179 on pay-per-view. I will be there. Now, New York Rick. I'm here. You attended that event, correct?
0: One of my favorites, yeah. How many events have you attended in your, in your history as an MMA fan? So my first one was 101. That was your first. That was my first. Wow. Um, because I, I wasn't like trying to go to them and then when I found out BJ was on the East Coast I was like I have to go to that so that was BJ Penn and Kenny Florian and Anderson and Forrest in Philly so that was 101 the next one after that I think was 118 another BJ Penn that one not so good Frankie really put it on him on that one then 123 which we're talking about now correct and then 133 i think so i've pretty much gone to just the philly no you went to ufc on fox 5 that's right i went to the jersey three three jersey card jim miller against uh how how do i remember your events and you can't even remember Hmm. um so yeah i've kind of only gone to the east coast um jersey philly cards except for that one the one in detroit 123 and I went, and the only reason I went to that yes. was because I also went to the Michigan-Wisconsin college football game that same day. What? So I went to the football game in the morning. We were getting slammered on, on some beverages. Yes. Um, had a great time at that. Michigan won. All my friends are Michigan alums. So uh, hmm. that was why we went. We w- made a trip to Michigan. And then I went to UFC that same night which Wait, was so pretty awesome.
1: The original trip was just to go to the football game, and it just no, so happened that the No, UFC no, no. The there?
0: trip was to they were go, going to probably go back to Michigan for the football game. So I was like, dude, there's a UFC that night. Let's turn it into the craziest sports day ever. Yeah. And we did. Wow. And your boy won. And my boy won. His last win in His quite some time. Win. No, yeah. I think that's it. Well, yeah, but what I mean is before that, he was on a bit of a losing oh, right, streak right, as right. well.
1: Right, right, right. I remember they did the press conference at the MGM in Detroit. It was a bit of a weird scene there. You know what I also remember? Great event. It was a great event. Great card.
0: I remember a lot of things. Well, tell me. First thing I remember was um, Edson Barbosa on the oh, yes. on the undercard um, kicking Mike uh, Lulo's legs up. Mike Lulo, who happens to be Maggie Hendricks' cousin. I, I saw that later in, yes. in her Yahoo uh, article. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking this guy was like a, a Jose Aldo in the making. After seeing him destroy his legs like that, I, I thought um, this guy's going to be something. And turned out he t- turned into a pretty good fighter. Um, so that was his debut. Look at you, a real eye for talent. Well, I just <laughs> I was impressed by the leg kicks. Yes. You don't often see a leg sure, kick TKO. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he put one on in his UFC debut, which is pretty impressive. No, no of
1: course everyone was very high on um, him.
0: And Lula was tough, super tough. He hung in there for all three. I mean, I don't know how. Um, so let's see what else was on that card.
1: Uh, well, I feel like you should remember these things off the top of your head.
0: Well, I just remember it was, a, it was a stack card. Like, there were a lot of good fights here. Let's see. I have it in front of me now. Caro, Caro Parisian and Dennis Hallman.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, our, our friend Chuck Mindenhall actually shadowed Kyle Prisian, and he wrote an article for ESPN.com. A great I mean, it was Prisian's return, and it didn't go very well. Yeah. But uh, very eye-opening stuff about Prisian and what he was battling at the time. That was interesting. Simpson and Munoz. Yes, that
0: was a great fight. Well, it was kind of sloppy, but it was just entertaining. Yeah, it was an entertaining one. And, you know, they had a, a previous uh, relationship before that. So then Matt Brown and Brian Foster. Um, that was interesting because I remember thinking, you know, Matt Brown's career was not going as well um, as he would have liked at that moment and now he's completely turned it around since so that was like a, a real capsule moment, a real moment in time um, Sauteropoulos who was you know on a huge winning streak uh, versus Joe Lozon, I remember that was a really exciting fight as well yep. back and forth Lozon looked like he had it in round one and then Sauteropoulos came back uh, Phil Davis doing the Mr. Wonderful submission on Tim Boach Yes. And then the fight with the least activity in MMA history, Gerald Harris versus uh, Miguel uh, Falcao. Yes. Is that how you pronounce Mike it? Hale. Mike Hell. Mike Hell. Falcao. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. That was good.
1: How about this? You remember at the time when Sotoropoulos beat Lozon, that was his one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eighth win in a row. And everyone yeah. thought, I mean, one more fight, if that, he's the number one contender. Goes to Australia, UFC 127, loses to Dennis Seaver, unanimous decision loss, and has not won since then. Yep. Seaver, Dos Anjos, Pearson, Nunes, Mike Ricci has not won since then.
0: He looked like a real contender at that yeah. point. And, and it's almost the opposite of Matt Brown. He yes. was, you know, not looking good then, and now he's looked incredible. Well, I tell you, the
1: one thing I really remember about that card was when we were waiting for Jose Aldo to get the belt, they were running through the walkouts. They rehearsed these. People might not know this, but they actually rehearsed the big walkouts. And we were in the arena, and it was empty, and no one was there yet. And all of a sudden, the Pride theme song comes on, and everyone's like, what the heck? This is amazing. Sure. And then you saw uh, Rampage Jackson's name on on the screen the graphics so clearly they were rehearsing rampage's walkout and we, we 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 figured out that rampage was coming out to the pride song now this is before all those other guys were doing it like dong Hyun kim and whatnot rampage was coming out throwback pride song against machida it was amazing and uh we we got a taste of that early on so th- th- that's one of the things i remember about the card as well um i think it was a good crowd but they haven't been back since for some reason
0: yeah i think uh i think it was a good crowd too i i the turnout was okay. and Let's see what um, it says.
1: Uh, it was a crowd of $16,000. $2.1 million gate? Yeah. Man, guess what the buy rate was for that card? According to published reports, they never confirmed this. 400000 four hundred? 500000 Wow. Wow. Five, can you imagine a $500,000 buy rate today with that card? No title fight.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't happen. Amazing. Um, but it was a good card. I really had a great time. And uh, BJ Penn's last win, it really... I felt like it was something big was on the horizon there, and I really... Yeah.
1: Fortunate. How about Mike Chiappetta's story about BJ Penn? Did you know that? Which one? Were you listening earlier when he was on?
0: Uh, who's that? Chiappetta! <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. What's your problem? Um, yeah, I, I, I was listening. S- so what do you have to say about it? Fantastic.
1: You don't know what I'm talking about? No clue. Wait, what's wrong? What were you doing? Were you working back there?
0: <laughs> Maybe maybe
1: uh, but it was like in the middle of the show what could you have been doing looking for questions could be getting questions could be mm. calling
0: somebody up you never know well, gotta keep it gotta he keep said, it spicy he said that BJ Penn was his guy and oh, one of the reasons why that, that's what you meant by story I thought you were talking about something he was writing yeah he said it bookended his career yeah, yeah, BJ yeah, retired, yeah blah 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 gosh sorry I heard that I guess it wasn't exciting enough I, mean, I love that story that was a great story not much of a story quote unquote it great but story. it's interesting I um, figured a
1: BJ Penn fan would appreciate that story
0: I G-chatted you during it. How about that? How oh. About, you don't
1: pay attention. How am I supposed to know? You, you wrote clap Chiappetta. Like, I'm supposed to know that's what it was referring to. Like, I'm looking at your G-chats in the middle of an interview. A riveting interview. What were where, you doing during where, the interview? Uh, I'm looking at the Skype. I'm not going to look at it. It's rude to look away. Sometimes I have to glance at the time just to stay on point. But for the most part, I got to look at my guest. In any event, let us move along to questions, comments. Do we have any?
0: We have. You, you, you nixed one of them by uh, well one of one of the the uh, commenters asked about your appearance at syracuse so we had to drop that one well what'd they ask they just wanted to know the details of it but like, you okay no, for, for now y- all covered I know, that.
1: all i know it's november 7th three thirty, and everyone is welcome and let me know if you're interested you don't really have to let me know but they wanted to know and i'll have an exact location in the coming yeah. days
0: congratulations yes? that's pretty well, awesome. thank you who might
6: not know what's this Syracuse?
1: What is that? <laughs> There's not much to tell you about Syracuse to be honest, but it's look, it's it's a school that many consider to be the top for broadcasters, in particular sports broadcasters.
9: It's not
1: a ball. It's not right. a ball. Okay. It's it's well, their mascot is an orange. Um I they, think he
0: said mall, but Oh, it's way. not a mall. Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, okay. Well, I'll tell you two things. First of all, they used to be called the Orange Men. Now they're just called the Orange, which I think is very strange. Like, they're just the color. And second of all, the mall is Carousel, the Carousel Center. And that was the main thing that I tried to sell people on. Like, when I was begging my friends to come visit me, please, for the love of God, save me from this place, Carousel Center was the place. In fact, I read recently that it's sinking. It's the second largest mall in North America. Number one, anyone anyone know it? Isn't
0: that the one in Minnesota? Yeah, Mall of America.
1: Nope. Do I have my facts wrong? I th- I'm i pretty sure number one is in Edmonton.
0: Oh, and you said in North America? Yeah.
1: Yeah, North, North America. America. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Let's see. Largest mall. Oh, here we go. Top five largest malls in the U.S. Okay, here we go. West Edmonton? Yes. Okay. Well, mall. Of course, because it's so cold. They
4: want to have, like, huge things people can hide in. Wait a second.
1: Carousel know. is not even here. <laughs> Wait a second. They They were... They were selling me.
0: Nice sell job.
1: Okay, so Mall of America is number one, five shopping malls. Um, Pennsylvania's King of Prussia Mall. Yeah. You know this? Mm, I I've been there. Yeah. South Coast Plaza. There's no way that's bigger than. I've been there in Orange County, the Mill Creek Mall, in Erie, Pennsylvania. So what? What? And Aventura? There's no way. Moving. This is, this moving is on from this
0: mall stuff. This is BS. How about How about Walk and Talk with? Uh, how about Ariel mm. gives the speech to the students everybody's there everybody oh ah,
1: i thought this amazing. was i thought this was a question yes, and then yes
0: walk and talk at the mall with ariel hawani what people and just walk and talk with me no you record it walk and talk yeah yeah mall ariel hawani this sure. famous syracuse mall yeah then you have watch ufc with the fans later uh, full day right there
1: yeah i guess but do we really need to walk and talk why can't we just sit in the classroom <laughs> or whatever and and, 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 and Syracuse is playing Duke the next day, and it's, uh, it's uh, like senior weekend or whatever they call it, so I feel like there'll be a lot of emotion involved. So it's a good time if you want to take a trip up to Syracuse and see it. It's a lovely campus, but no, I don't know. Walk and talk in the mall with me? I don't even know what that means. I'm just going to have like a
0: horde of people following me, and and we're going to be answering, okay, you in the back, what do you have to say? How can you even pull that off? Not everybody. Maybe just one camera and one person and you and a nice little intimate moment. No one cares. Uh, Let's move on to questions. Okay. What is the largest uh, immediate rematch if Mendez beats Aldo? Do you think there is a chance the UFC will give Aldo an immediate rematch? I'm personally not a fan of immediate rematches, but they seem to have become quite common. When a long-reigning champion loses.
1: I don't know. I mean, Conor McGregor might have something to say about that. And because they have a very popular contender just waiting there, it seems like he may be first in line now. I don't know. If there's some kind of controversy and Mendez wins, then maybe I could see it happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if Aldo loses. Now, if I were him, I'd be pissed because, A, I've been champion for so long, and, B, this is his... You know, I I don't love... When a champion has to fight a challenger a second time after beating him once, you know I was never in favor of Anderson fighting Dan Henderson again, and you know it's funny this fight. And you look at who Chad Mendez has beaten on the way to getting this, this fight. I mean, you have so many contenders now: Cub and 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 uh, Connor, and there are others. Frankie has a claim. Um, there's a lot of people that have, you know, formed this queue behind Jose Aldo. But he came in at the right place at the right time. He hasn't fought since December. Now, of course, the fight was supposed to happen in August, and Aldo got injured, but still interesting to note. Um, necessar- I don't necessarily love that idea, but I will say I'm intrigued by this matchup, very intrigued by this matchup, actually, because I, I really think it's, it's a hard one to predict. Uh, the first fight was close, leading up to the point where Chad tried to take him down. Aldo held onto the cage. Seconds remaining in the first round, knocks him out with the knee. An amazing knockout. But what would have happened if he didn't hold on to the cage? I feel like he probably wouldn't have knocked him out at that point. Maybe later on, but the round probably would have ended. Who knows? Uh, so we're going to see the rematch. There's enough doubt out there. I like it. If Aldo loses, I could see them going to someone else, and then maybe he has to fight once and getting the rematch. But, you know, it's 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 hard to predict these things. He would certainly have a case, but if I had to guess and go on the record here, If he loses, my guess is they don't give him the immediate rematch.
0: Our next question, what matchups make sense for Phil Davis? Should he get past Glover Teixeira? And what matchups make sense if Glover Teixeira wins? It seems like they won't receive a title shot in a while, but someone in the top 10 to 15 could still present challenges. Well, Phil
1: Davis has a better shot than Glover Teixeira, that's for sure, because he hasn't lost to John Jones, and he did a good job of riling him up before their fight. At UFC 172 in April, I don't know. This is a weird one because they both lost on the same night. They both didn't look great. I mean, they were fighting great fighters, so it's easy to not look good. But it's 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 weird when this happens. Both guys lost on the same night. Now they're fighting each other, and there's not a a whole lot at stake, at least right away. Because of course Cormier's next, and then Gustafson's next, and you know, maybe Anthony Johnson, if his situation gets sorted out. And then they would be right below those guys. I mean, you look at the light heavyweight division. Right now, Glover is four, Davis is six, five is Johnson, three is Rashad, two and one, Cormier and Gustafson, respectively. It's not a very deep division. So in my opinion, especially for someone like Phil Davis, if he can do something spectacular in the next two fights and get back on track, he'd be right in there. So I think that's at stake. I mean, you can't give up. You want to get back on track. You want to win. You want to look good. Davis has had some success in Brazil. Um, Glover gets to go back to Brazil and get back on track there. So it's interesting for a co-main event fight. How about Phil Davis tweeting out just moments ago that he's flying to Brazil from California in the middle seat? I mean, what a nightmare that is. How does that even happen? Middle seat. Did you see that? I saw it. Wild. I feel bad for my boy Phil. Yeah, do you think... And, Phil, you know, i got to say, I tried to get him on the show multiple times. Well, he is
0: flying right now.
1: Well, not this week. I took that into account.
0: Just saying. Our next question, a quick return to Sweden. Uh, How likely, we had a lot of questions about this, by the way. How, How likely do you think that the rumors about a quick return to Sweden next year is with Rashad Evans versus Alexander Gustafsson as the main event? And how do you see this supposed match playing out?
1: Well, you know, Rashad would probably be ready around... You know, he, he tours ACL in February, so it's going to be February, March. I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I would love to see Gustafson versus Johnson. Let's forget about all the other stuff. That fight was made. I think that's a true number one contender fight. Of course, if he is guilty of, of what he's being accused of, then they got to do what they got to do this is a pretty good plan B in my opinion and an interesting fight and it would make sense to have Gustafsson fight the same way it makes more sense to have Aldo fight, I know pissed off Chad Mendes but Aldo fighting in Brazil is a better draw than fighting in Los Angeles or anywhere else, Gustafsson should be fighting in Sweden, especially if he's not fighting for the belt and you know it's, a, it's an equal match where the champion doesn't have to travel to a uh, foreign country and, and fight on enemy territory, so I like it as far as how it plays out I mean it's a tough one right because Gustafson would be fighting Evans who's probably the best wrestler that he's fought since Phil Davis
0: right I'd say John Jones is I know well, probably I was, I was gonna say
1: yeah but as, as far as credentials I mean MMA but cr- wrest-
0: yeah but that's not yeah that's not in play otherwise you know Chael Sonnen wouldn't have gotten thrown on his back by John Jones it, the MMA wrestling is you credentials matter when, you know, uh, because it's formed habits, it it shows, you know, who's been through that wrestling grind and who kind of knows um, who has the skill set that they can adapt. But the best MMA wrestlers are not necessarily the most decorated collegiate wrestlers. And I think that John Jones is the best wrestler in that division. Sure. So um, Gustafson, not only holding his own, but yeah, taking, taking Jones, Jones down, down yeah. is... A, a very good sign if he was in a matchup with Rashad Evans. Now, the difference I think between Rashad Evans and John Jones is John Jones would prefer to keep it standing anyway and would like to keep boxing whereas Rashad's game is even though his boxing has looked very good and come a long way since the very beginning, he always likes to mix it up. He's one of those, he's, he's one of the guys who mixes it up the best, I'd say in terms of transitioning from pure striking into a takedown. Um, I I used to call Demetrius, you know, um, Splenda or like Sugar Light because he reminded me of the way Rashad is able to seamlessly transition from the striking really? game. Really? You've to called the, him that? Yeah. I've never heard you call him that. Twitter, maybe. By the way, Splenda is a fantastic
1: nickname. It's
0: good, but I think that... I've never heard you say that. He's, he's been on the complete... show
1: like eight times. You've never even said that
0: once. Well, how many times do I get to talk about Rashad? Yeah. He hasn't fought. And... No, but Demetrius Splenda is great. But he's, he's outgrown that. He's his own. He's he's a very different fighter than when I used to call him that because um, he's he has all the tools now. Demetrius is the most well-rounded fighter I can think of uh, currently in the UFC. He has all the tools. He's not. I wouldn't compare him to anybody. I'd say that people could be compared to him when they start, you know, making a name for themselves. But anyway, I'm getting off track. Wait, wait. But do you think he's
1: number one pound for pound?
0: No, I think John is, but I think he's number two. Okay. Uh, Overall, though. Overall, though. Wow. And anyway, I'm getting off track. But Rashad mixes his game very well, and I think that he would look to take Gustafson down in combination with you know using his boxing, and it would be a really good test. I also think Anthony Johnson would be a good test just because of his game-changing power, um, his his defensive wrestling abilities, and I think that that would be a great stand-up fight. So I think either one of those is really a good. Um, test for Gustafson to see how he would look again in a rematch with Jones um, but really a tough assignment either guy who Rashad.
6: wins
0: Who wins out of which matchup Rashad and Gustafson yeah I'm a big big fan of Rashad I think Rashad is
1: Coming behind off ACL I think
0: Rashad behind Cormier is the number three guy in the division Jones mm-hmm. Cormier Rashad in my opinion of how mm-hmm. I think this, they match up interesting but the injury is a huge factor here. Not that you know Gustafson didn't need some time off himself, but I think that it. I I don't know. I hate predicting things off injury. I don't like to bet yeah, them hard. when I when I bet. I don't like to bet guys coming off an injury like this. Uh, but if if all things are equal, Rashad is healthy and you know there's no concerns about his health. I think he can beat Gustafson and would beat Gustafson taking nothing away from gustafson sure sure, it's your pick um but if he is injured and you know feeling the effects of that injury i think gustafson could put him away moving on next question counter punch versus uh or three greater than signs uh countdown show uh i haven't seen this yet but I believe you probably have. Which do you think is better for promoting fights, the countdown show or the recently returned Counterpunch with John Anik? Uh, The last episode being John Jones and Rashad Evans. In my opinion, there's nothing better than two opponents being interviewed together. That's why Face Off was so popular on HBO. Counterpunch with Jones and DC would be awesome.
1: Well, I don't think it has to be one or the other. They just aired one on Ultimate Insider last night with Michael Bisping and Luke Rockhold. And it was great. My only gripe was that it was too short. It was like four or five minutes long. It was heavily edited. I understand for the show, it's a 30-minute show. They have to do it that way, but play the whole thing online. I, I, unless something horrible happened, I, I feel like it would only be good to do that. So um, I don't feel like it has to be one or the other. The countdown show serves its purpose. It can air as you know, a one-hour block thing, sell the fights, more than one fight, tell you a bit about the guys... And counterpunch, face-off, whatever you want to call it, serves its purpose as well, especially when there's a legitimate rivalry there. I don't think you can pull it off with every fighter or fight. I think you need that, that dynamic, which clearly Luke Rockhold and Michael Bisping, who, by the way, were sporting fantastic beards, both of them. Well done. Um,
0: I have not seen this episode yet, but oh I look yeah. forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do recommend, and I think, that, uh, I think uh, John Anik did a great job. So I don't think that it has to be exclusive. Uh, it, it's almost complimentary. And they've done it with Jones and Evans, but they also did the countdown, and it's fine. So, I mean, maybe for a Fight Pass show where there's no countdown show produced, then you could do something like that. But again, there needs to be a hook there. Like, you can't really pull it off with Dalloway and Machida. That probably, if you're going to do a countdown, they probably won't do a countdown because it's just a Fight Pass. No, excuse me, it's a Fight Night on FS1, but still they probably won't do a fi- uh, a countdown. That probably is, is better. Uh, Countdown is probably better for that fight. But this being Rockhold, that's why I wanted the fight. There's something special there. It's amazing that it's that fight is in 18 days, right? 20, 11, 18 days. That's amazing. So quick. Time
0: is really flying. It's a little bit scary. What I, One I really liked, I remember on, I think it was Ultimate Insider. Correct me if I'm wrong, was... When Uriah Faber and uh, Dominic Cruz sat down and watched the fight together. Yeah, that was fun. That was that was some good television right there.
1: Um, also, I love stuff like Bellator that. is doing one with Tito and Bonner, oh, which yeah. is funny because it looks like it's taking place in a 1950s <laughs> saloon. And also, Tito is sitting on a chair backwards, which just feels very 1996, which is somewhat fitting for that fight. By the way, some breaking <laughs> news. Um, Tony Herrera on Twitter tells me that the West Edmonton Mall is the largest shopping mall in North America and the 10th largest in the world.
0: Congratulations to Edmonton.
1: So there you have it.
9: I think it's more of a top 12.
1: No, it says it right here on Wikipedia. Oh, wait a second. The mall was founded by, okay, who immigrated from Iran. It was the world's largest mall until 2004. Wait a second. Oh, the world's largest. World's largest. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There you go. Congratulations.
1: You know what it's valued at? Well, in in two thousand and seven, what it was valued at? Take a guess. How's Canadian money
0: work again? <laughs> just just guess. Uh, three billion dollars. What? Will? I I have
2: no idea how to gauge this.
0: Just
6: guess.
1: That's the fun part of it.
2: Uh, four hundred million.
1: Alex. Uh, five hundred. Nine hundred and twenty-six million dollars in Canadian currency. How about that? So what does that equal to in American currency? Well, back then it was in a different spot. The Canadian dollar is actually doing very well these days. Now, what does it exactly mean? I, I think it's pretty close. I, th- I think it's Canadian dollars. I think it's one to one. No nah, It's point eight. So one Canadian dollar equals 0.89 U.S. dollars. So essentially, point nine, almost one to one. How about that? You guys are almost as cool as us. You you do realize? It's
6: not
9: Cowboy Stadium. What's up? Still not Cowboys
1: it's Stadium. not, it's not. I don't even know what that means, but
0: it's not. 1.2 bill. Oh, wow. All right, moving along. Speaking of Bellator, before the mall talk, uh, now it's got Coker in charge. This question is posed. Would Bellator be interested in Ali Abdelaziz's idea of co promoting a fight card? WSOF versus Bellator, challenging for the number two spot. Coker has previously done this with Dream and M1. Should we see organizations coming together for big fight cards, rivaling, uh, excuse me, rivaling the mighty UFC? Or do you think Bellator is heading where Strikeforce once was and doesn't need the so-called rub off lesser organizations?
1: It's interesting. You know, they're doing less cards next year, so they don't have as many slots to fill. But I think that would be... I think, I mean, it would be intriguing. I just can't see... I mean, how would they pull it off? Like, what would NBC think if they're giving their... Look, if you're going to do a World Series fighting versus Bellator show, you're going to have to put all your best fighters. If you want it to be a true indication of who is the better promotion what's the better promotion well you're going to want to put your best guys and that means you're going to tie up all your top guys and you're going to have nothing else to promote right i mean that's kind of the issue with the november 15th show they're putting all their top guys or at least most of them and that leaves us with shows like the one we had this past friday so in theory i think it's a good idea but if you're trying to put on a show once a month they're doing 16 so it's going to be more than once a month and World Series of Fighting has their own commitments. I mean, that alone makes it almost impossible to pull off. Now maybe they do one or two, and that's kind of cool. But still, how are they gonna? You know, there's all these problems with the gate. How are they gonna split that? And if it's on pay per view, how do they split that? I doubt it will be on pay per view. But then, what? What? You know, what channel does it air on? How do they decide that?
0: There's all these problems. So, I uh, <laughs> what is going on? before? Before we move on to the Twitter questions. <laughs> I thought it was worth um, showing and, what and is noting going on? that this is amazing. More than half of the comment section was dedicated to Daniel Cormier <laughs> gifts, um, <laughs> and they are incredible. What is this? So that was from I believe when <laughs> Cormier was doing the the ESPN Hot Mic interview. Okay. And he like reacted to something John said. Oh my god! And that is amazing. People have inserted him into. This is a Va- look wait. at the look at the DC <laughs> getting the chicken. Wait, this is this is the <laughs> with the Rashad face and rumble. Wait, this oh my gosh, I didn't notice that. Wait a second, go back to the chicken. Like, this is an actual thing, or did people make it for our show? I doubt that, but if they did, they're incredible. Yeah. I doubt I, I'm sure that this was made this just a, on forums on the at, internet. <laughs> look at
1: him. <laughs> look at him awarding John Jones
0: as the winner. That is amazing. <laughs> What is this? That's, uh, that's uh, what's his name's mom? Uh, Manny Pacquiao's mom. Oh, yes. That's great. Holding the cross. That is a fun one, We too. saw this one, John Jones' body, body issue. Sh- we saw that oh, one already. Wait, what's that one? That's uh, 50 Cent from one of his music videos. Oh, John. Uh, it looks like Corvier stealing the belt in the back of the car if you look closely. The Charlie Chaplin one is amazing. Who makes these things? Look at this one. Look at this family guy one. Very intricate. Do they talk? No, there's no audio. It's, okay. it's an image. But <laughs> Cormier is going to come busting through that damn wall. <laughs> that is amazing. Have you seen these before? I looked through every single one of them when I was... Uh, Two girls, one co- girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Cormier and Schaller in the middle. Throwing the shoe. This is incredible. John Jones.
1: <laughs> when did he make that... <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of these are some of these are amazing that fight one is amazing oh my god look at this one throwing the shoe oh my gosh this is incredible zoolander with cormier oh, look at the wrestling <laughs> <Right,
10: right.
1: laughs> <laughs> do
2: you see him flip <laughs> Oh my God! Okay.
0: Cormier's Nosferatu. If if you're if you're listening to this, you're. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this, you're probably
1: very annoyed. But this is amazing. I highly suggest go to to the the comment section
0: of today's show post. By the way, is it all Steve Madden? Look, it's all the same guy. Uh, Yeah, I guess I guess he uh, he found a lot of them. Oh Oh this one. (laughs) The Rashad mask. Oh, this is a shoe. Oh my God. What's the How does Steve Madden have this many gifts? He they, I'm sure these were posted on a forum now. I didn't realize that it was the same person posting all these, so yeah, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> oh, we got to show these to DC. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. If you are listening to this after <laughs> the fact, you have to go to the comment section of the So the Yeah, MMA I just hour. wanted
0: to, I wanted to show that before we moved on to the Twitter questions. Any other ones? No, those those are the ones. Holy moly. I mean, that wasn't enough for you? That no, was incredible. I just wanted to know. I wanted to know. Oh, my God.
1: That was unbelievable. Are you, like, sweating right now? I'm crying. Mucus coming out. I mean, everything's coming out here. That was amazing.
0: Okay, Twitter questions. Does McGregor versus the loser of Aldo versus Mendez sound more intriguing than McGregor versus Bermudez or Lamas, the winner of that fight? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's
1: a title fight at this point. You know, I keep going back and forth. I will be mad... Well, yeah, he's yeah.
0: asking versus the loser. Oh, the loser.
1: Oh. Hmm. You know, I don't like that because if it's Mendez and if Mendez wins and Aldo's still the champion, you're not gonna give him another shot against Aldo. So if men this is really important for Chad Mendez, and I feel like this isn't being discussed enough. I mean, he's going to enter that awkward spot that Uriah Faber lives in and Joseph Benavidez, ironically both Alpha Male guys and there are others as well. Junior Dos Santos is in that spot. Two losses to the champion, Vincent Henderson, Anthony Pettis, it's
0: very hard to get that third crack. But he has a trump card that those other guys do not, which is in the first fight, mm. Josie Aldo cheated and it directly led to the knockout. That's, Regardless why, of that's how why he's he fit, getting the second fight. But I feel like you can if he if he comes out and has a decent performance, uh, you know, still loses but has a decent performance, he has that card that he can play where that first one, you know. Like none of those other circumstances you mentioned were guys who, at any point, it felt like there was there was something questionable about the victories. Close fight maybe, um, but not a blatant foul that led directly to a finish. And I he think can that, always I play think that, that, that card
1: that gets him the second fight, and he played it. But if he loses straight up in the second fight, in the yeah yeah, if he loses in the second fight, then it's going to be impossible. I mean, it's
0: going to be very hard in my I opinion. Don't know. <laughs> I. That division is, there's a long line forming, but I think Chad Mendez is, he, he doesn't fall far if he loses. He's still probably able to beat all the other guys in that division. In, in my opinion, I think he's the second best yeah, behind but, Aldo. Okay. And what, think, what about Benavidez? Yeah, I, th- I could see Benavidez fighting for a title very soon. Really? Yeah. I it, think he has one win. Well, that's because of inactivity. Right. If he was racking up wins... I could see him Faber? fighting for, would you
1: do Faber again
0: if, if, if hey, Burrell was still the champion? If you earn it, you earn it. I think mm. Faber could fight for a title yeah. for the next 10 years. He's he's, he's going to continue to beat guys who are not the champion, and then he will continue to get title shots, and I have no problem with it. If you earn it, you earn it, and I think that Chad Mendez could earn it again if he, lo- if he loses, which is not an assured thing at this point. Uh, but you don't like that fight versus the loser. No, he I don't needs, like it. Conor needs to fight the winner, yeah. in your opinion.
1: Yeah. By the way, Conor, in case you didn't hear, is going to be in Brazil. That should be very interesting as well. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean he's getting the shot because guys show up. But I think it's very, it's very interesting and relevant and smart to have him there or have him talk to some of the media there. It's a big market for the UFC. He can help generate some interest in the fight. I mean, you see Aldo and, and, and Mendes. They're being asked about him almost as much as each other. So I think it's oh, it's a good call. Yeah, come on. There's dude. no
0: there's no coincidence there.
1: You're, well,
0: you're kind of you know dancing around it a little bit. No, he's there for a reason.
1: Well, look, I was in Dublin when he fought,
0: and Cub Swanson was there, and everyone's like, "Oh, of course he's going to fight Cub next." Did he? Nope. It's not the same. It is the same. No, this is a title fight. Some Conor McGregor will walk into that cage. You think so? And say, you think if Jose, Aldo wins, your belt is mine. You, or think, you Mendes, think if Aldo
1: wins, he walks in? Guaranteed. Wow. I don't know if that's true.
0: It, there's, there's a reason he's there. All right. Next question. How much sense would it make for GSP to face the winner of Silva versus Diaz? The timing seems to be never better than now.
1: Well, if Diaz wins, do you really want to see that fight again? I do not. Yeah.
0: But I would love win. to see Silva versus but
1: GSP. <laughs> it's the same kind of fight, right? No belts tied. We've always wanted to see these fights. Absolutely. I never really thought of that, by the way. Silva, Diaz happening January 31st. Brilliant. Sign me up.
0: Bring if, it to Canada.
1: Yep. Well, yeah. bring, it, bring it anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, that's bring true. It,
1: you can bring it to Vegas. You can bring it to Mars, and people would come yeah, for that one. That, but, that would, that, wow, what, what a great thing. I wonder what weight it would be at. Have you seen? I just actually retweeted a picture from Faraz Zahabi. He said, "Look who's, uh, look who's back. I thought I retweeted it. But maybe I didn't. Um, what happened to it? I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. I guess I didn't. Slip um, Yeah. Uh, so anyway, first day back in training, George St. Pierre looked awesome. GSP looks kind of big. And I'm not talking about fat. He's jacked. You see this picture? No. i going to retweet it now. Just for you. Here <laughs> we go. Retweet. Click. There we have it. So anyhow, uh, he looks big. I wonder if it would be maybe 180. You think it would
0: be 180? Think Anderson can make 180? Oh yeah, I think Anderson can make 180. Wasn't he? Wasn't the the hang up not Anderson when when the the discussions were really getting down to the nitty gritty? Wasn't he? You know, even willing to go down to like l- low 170s or something like that.
1: Mm. I don't know. I about mean, that. that's
0: all. You know, everybody's talking, but uh, that doesn't. Uh, also, that, that's he's not, gotten older now. Yeah, I don't know, but I remember distinctly feeling like at that time that Anderson. Anderson's weight was not what was holding that up.
1: And by the way, I'm being told here from someone, I don't know if he wants me to say my name or not, his name or not, so I'll leave that out. But uh, he he tells me via Gchat that Aldo can't hear Conor McGregor's name anymore. There was a media day last week with big media outlets, and he said he wouldn't talk about McGregor. Interesting, right?
0: Oh, he's going to hear about him if he wins. Probably going to hear about him this week as well. He's going to walk right into that cage and... He's gonna hear a whole lot about him uh so we're all in on uh Silva GSP yeah all in I love that Let's make it happen although w- which fight would you prefer Silva GSP or GSP Rory Silva GSP really yeah I mean it's just more relevant at this time like Is these, it? these if, yeah, if yeah.
1: Rory's champion
0: you could sell out Rogers. I, don't I mean, think GSP would do that anyway yeah. right. he wouldn't come back and Rory just got the title. I'm assuming, it, you know, in this time, in yeah. this timeline, he just gets the title, and then all of a sudden, GSP comes out of the shadows to either, you know, contend or even win the title back. I, I could not see GSP doing that. Uh, plus, I'd rather see Silver versus GSP anyway.
1: How about Jeremy Botter tweeting out the DC MMA, which is Daniel Cormier's Twitter gifts in the comment section of this post? Have my stomach hurting from the laughs? I mean, this post. That's what we are. That's what this show is. This post. We're just a, a regular post. Oh, come on. I mean, where's the respect?
0: Shout out to Jeremy Botter. Sort of. Uh, our next one. How did you find Chael's podcast? Oh, yes. You, you owe us a, a, yes. a an explanation. Did you download it to hear the Chris Lieben story? Now, I did. listen listened to it as well. Okay, let, let me know what you thought. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought... Um, It did turn into a bit of you interviewing him, which is to be expected. I mean, that's what I expected.
1: Um, Did you expect it because it was his first time talking to MMA media? Well, I know
0: you. uh, Yeah, but I don't go on people's people's shows and turn the tables. I agree with that, but it's too tempting for you. Sure. Chael Sonnen, on his show, giving you the forum to talk a little bit, I feel like it was too tempting that you could not not ask him about it. And you asked him about it, and he, he spoke, I feel, candidly about it. How did you feel about it?
1: I was blown away by his candor. I mean, I couldn't believe it. it I thought it was fascinating stuff. Um, you know, it's, it might not be the answers we want to hear, but it's refreshing to hear someone just tell it like it is. I did download it because I wanted to hear what the big fuss was. This Chris Liebman's story that he was selling <laughs> and then kicked me off. I couldn't hear it live And guess what? I heard the story already, so I maintain that Now, where did you hear the story? I'm pretty sure he told it to Chris Jericho when he was on
0: his podcast. Maybe, but I also feel like I heard the story and not there. I feel like I read it on SureDog.
1: So you're saying he said it multiple times. That's his big story. What I think
0: happened, I think one of the people who was there told that story on SureDog. What do you mean, SureDog?
1: Like the a forum. Sherdog radio? Oh. No,
0: Sherdog, the forum. Like, you think I the frequent Sherdog the Sherdog forum? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about how I think I came across that, that story. That
1: cesspool of humanity? Oh, stop.
6: Okay.
0: Um, I think one of the people who was there retold that, that interaction. And the whole thing about Chael's after party, um, all the details that he told, I believe I read that on Sherdog's forum. So it was, it was a nice stroll down memory lane for me. I guess. But do you agree that it's probably not the best way to end all your shows with a Chris
1: Lieben story?
0: Nah, why not? We'll see. How about a story from the road?
1: How about a story from the road? Chael says
0: he doesn't have the stories. What do you want him to do?
1: B.S. He's got
0: great (laughs) stories. He's got Uh, better stories than Levin. Overall, I thought it was a really solid debut for Chael, first of all. Um, Only, you know, it can only get better from here as he gets more reps and gets more experience. Um, And... uh, yeah, it was, it was a good podcast. He's going to be very good. He's
1: going to it. be very good. He's a natural when it comes to the stuff. He's a very good interviewer. I'm being told he said it on the Joe Rogan podcast, so there you have it. Um, he's definitely said it before. And I'm curious, now that he settles into the role and doesn't have to talk about himself, I'm curious to see how good he becomes as an interviewer. You know, I said I'll, I'll, I'll leave some of the stuff for my memoirs. There was some stuff that didn't make the show, Ooh. but we'll save that for a different day. How about that? For now, I think he did a great job putting it together. Podcast One is killing it. Yeah. I'm wondering, does Podcast One pay for their spots on the iTunes charts? Because how do they, like, they have, like, eight out of the top ten sports (laughs) podcasts. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, they're all very successful. And very popular. they got Stone Cold and Jim Ross and Jericho and Chael now and uh, Rich Eisen from from (laughs) the NFL. But it's just, unless the Hawani effect, because ten hours in, Chael was number one. Can it happen that quickly? And then if you look at the iTunes, I have a big gripe with the iTunes (laughs) top 100. Have you ever looked at these? Get them. Well, if you look at them, there's like some shows that haven't been updated in literally three years that are still – like that have moved up in the rankings. And then you come back three hours later and they move down. Like how does this happen? Who's downloading these shows that would put it in the top 50? Makes no sense. Get at us, iTunes. I feel like you have to pay, honestly. I don't know how legit it is. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: Shots fired at iTunes. I'm just saying. Come at us. Just Let saying. us know. Uh, this is the final question from Twitter. Jeremy hey.
1: Botter trying to make up for his uh, his
0: disre- dis- disrespectful tweet, but I'm not oh, buying it. Two questions left. Blocking him. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Ariel. Yesterday, MMA History Today, the, the at MMA History Today, that's a Twitter account, spoke about you and Jari Park. Can you tell us about this? Well, I'll tell you a bit about it. First off, shout out to MMA History Today. Those guys
1: do an amazing job, and it's a, it's a great Twitter feed every day, letting you know what happened on this day in uh, MMA history. So I love that stuff, being the, uh, the history buff that I am, especially when it comes to sports. Now, you might be surprised when I was telling you about my great memory and all that, that I didn't remember that yesterday, October 19th, was the seventh birthday of my beloved jerrypark.com, and I remember in the morning I was looking at my phone I was like, October 19th, why do I know that day? Why does that day sound so familiar? I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, and then midday, check my phone, see my Twitter. MMA history today reminds me that on October 19th, 2007, I launched jerrypark.com. How about that? I had no idea. I, I totally forgot, and it's a little bit scary. I feel like I'm losing, even before the show started, yep. New York Rick reminded me that I did an AMA on Reddit, and
0: I have no recollection of this ever happening. I mean you just don't love the fans. That's okay.
1: No, it's I, it's I all right. think I'm getting older. Lack of sleep, who knows what's going on or just there's too much going on here and I need a bigger head. But anyway, Jerry Park, I launched this website and it's still up, jerrypark.com, j a r r y park.com. I launched it in my cubicle at Spike TV. I told the story before, but in short, I get the Spike TV in 2007. Uh, September of 2007, I want to work there, at TV production. They're the home of the UFC, TNA. Wow, this is so great. One week into the job, I realized that this place isn't for me. It's a very uninspiring place to be. I went to a fight, Dean Thomas versus Kenny Florin. We did absolutely nothing there, and I just couldn't do that. So I said, I'm going to be an MMA journalist. I'm going to follow my dreams of being an MMA journalist. So I said, okay, I'm going to start this website, and every morning I'm going to post an interview with a fighter. It doesn't have to be MMA MMA, boxing, or pro wrestling. At the time, the Fight Network had just launched in Canada, and that to me was, wow, what a great idea. I want to work there, so I'm going to do this website, right? So, And I love doing interviews and radio interviews, sort of like what we do here. So every morning, I'm going to post an interview. So I was thinking about a name. What kind of name? How do, how do you actually come up with a name for a website? And you go on one of these sites, and you throw in a URL, and it tells you if it's available. Somehow, I stumbled upon jerrypark.com. Jerry Park was the original home of the Montreal Expos, who are no longer with us. Well, back then, they were just three years removed from their move from Montreal to Washington. They're now the Washington Nationals. And I was so surprised that jerrypark.com was even available. Like, I mean, that would be like centralpark.com, obviously a much bigger scale, but Jerry Park still exists in Montreal. They play tennis there. They have tennis tournaments there. It's a a city park. It, It still exists. You know, I've always wanted to know, maybe this... Parc Jarry, which is the French name, does that, no, wow, no one even bought that, that's so bizarre, so I was like, wow, jarrypark.com, it still exists, that's unbelievable, I have to buy this, so I thought about how you could tie it to MMA, and I christened it the Coliseum of Combat Sports, and I, I have a whole explanation on the site why I called it jarrypark.com, what it means to me, and that's what we did. Every morning, I posted an interview, an audio interview. I used to go on MySpace and send out like 30 messages a day. <laughs> that was my job. And you wouldn't, ama- you wouldn't believe who would write back to me. It was unbelievable. Like the biggest names, Tito and Chuck Liddell, the biggest names would write back. We would do these interviews. I would record them. I'd post them on the site, my WordPress site. And when I launched it on October 19th, I gave myself eight months to get noticed. I said, if I don't get a job by April 1st, 2008, I'm going to shut this thing down and, uh, I'll go do something else. I'll go back to TV production. And I ended up getting a job on March 28th, 2008, three days before my, my, uh, my deadline was, was up and, uh, I ended up working for mmarated.com and you know, the rest there. Um, one other interesting thing about jerrypark.com, uh, the, the, the first interview I ever posted on jerrypark.com was an interview with Kurt Angle. At the time I was very close with Kurt Angle and he had just been arrested for DUI, his first, and it was a very big deal. And he gave me, like, this one-hour interview when he was at he was at like his kid's softball game. And Dave Meltzer, very thankful. I'll always be very thankful to him for doing this. Wrote a huge, like, a three-page recap of this interview in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm actually, like, that to me, I made it. And the, uh, just, just when Jerry Park was one month old on American Thanksgiving of 2007, Mauro Ranallo had me on his Flight Network radio show with John Pollock. They invited me, and in that's me. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. It's all downhill from here. So those are some of the memories I have for jerrypark.com. Seven years old. Time flies. Unbelievable. And I'm really touched that MMA History Today remembered that. And I asked him how he remembered it, and he said that I mentioned it in the Chael interview that I started on October 19th. And So you remembered this Yeah, a week ago. Yes. And then forgot. Totally forgot. Crazy,
6: right?
0: Yeah. How about Uh, that? Now, Jerry Park ties into the next question as well. Oh, yes. The next question. Okay, I'm putting this out there. How did you and New York Rick meet? Now, do you know how it ties in?
1: I mean, I I, I feel like I know how we met, but I don't know how it ties in.
0: So, when I was... I've told the story before of how I emailed you out of the blue. and
1: Marcus Brimage, Rampage. Yeah,
0: and talked about that and wanted to work with you, for you. Um, on the MMA hour. I like four
1: better than with, but I, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Uh,
0: work for you on the MMA hour, <laughs> sir. Um, but I was scouring the internet for your contact info. Oh. I could find nothing. Yes. Except your email address for Jerry Park. And that is what I used to send that fateful email.
1: Wow. So you sent it to ariel at jerrypark.com. I did. Which I just threw out here. How about that? Boom. I wonder if it's even available. It is available.
0: Um, And that is what I used.
1: How did you... So you knew about Jerry Park? Because it was was still like several years removed. I
0: knew about it in a very like roundabout way. I had heard it, but I had... Like it wasn't something... Like I visited, it wasn't bookmarked or anything like that. But in scouring and searching, I found it. And I thought that is how I'm going to do it.
1: It's funny because nowadays you could just probably send a tweet... Facebook messages. Oh, there's...
0: Yeah, there's plenty of other ways to get noticed. But that was it. Jerry Park.
1: But you weren't a visitor of jerrypark.com. No. When it that's was before, actually active. That's
0: before I started consuming oh, MMA really? media like that.
1: When did you but, start?
0: No. You know what? That's not before. Because back in... Mm, it depends. I mean, I was actually on the forums. SureDog forums. Uh, again... I'm referencing the shirt options. Sure, forms. are they paying no, you for back all these? In the da- no, no. <laughs> um, back in the days of Pride, but I did. I wouldn't say I necessarily went to websites because there wasn't. I wasn't interested so much in stories and articles and news. I kind of just wanted to find other fans. Um, so I, I would say I didn't start visiting websites for for news regarding MMA until around that time. So yeah, Jerry Park was not something I visited regularly at the time that it was uh, live at the time that you know you had When did you, you start you said? It. So like What year? If if you know I what would you say the 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 heyday of pride would be 06? Oh yeah,
1: so that was way before.
0: No, but as I was saying, I was on the forums more. I but wasn't you, really you, you wouldn't go to the news? You'd no, to I, the, wasn't, that's I wasn't I so wasn't into that until later when I started
1: Okay, how about this? picking
0: up news. So maybe Oh seven, oh eight is when I started you know looking for actual MMA news.
1: How about this? December fourteenth, two thousand and eleven. Eric Jackman to Ariel at Jerrypark.com four fifty four p.m. Hey, you chose the question I gotta give the actual email here. All right. Mr. Do it. Mr. Helwani, I found the email. I had to go back. You know how many emails I just had to go back? Mr. Helwani. I have
0: it starred. It means something to me.
1: I'm not sure if this is the right avenue to contact you, but I couldn't find any other email address and I don't have a premium account on LinkedIn. So I'm giving this a shot. First off, you're like totally wasting my time with this introduction. (laughs) Just get right to it. Well, Um, I
0: was hoping you would see the Jerry Park email and, you know, it would mean something to you and there would be reverence. Sure. I'm a
1: 24-year-old New Yorker (sighs) who is currently interning at Gawker Media and that stint is coming to an end. I have nothing lined up for the immediate future, so I'm taking the advice I've seen you give in multiple interviews and going for something I want. How about that? Wait, real quick. Can yeah. we do the math? Did Eric talk up his
0: age? Was he actually 23 at the time? Hmm. When were you born? Uh, my birthday is August 1st, 1987. When, when was the email from?
1: Uh, we're so bad at math, I can't even think. Uh, December 14th, 2011.
0: So he was 17. What? You were 17? Nope. That means you're only... <laughs> Will is messing with you. All right,
1: were you really 24?
0: So what, when did you say it was 2011, December. Uh, yeah, I was 24. All right. I turned 24 that August.
1: As an avid MMA fan, I follow the sport daily, including your Twitter videos and NBC slash AOL articles. I believe... That's true. You are the premier journalist <laughs> in the sport... In brackets, as evidenced by the awards. Enough ass-kissing, though. <laughs> uh, Close bracket. And you just happen to run the MMA hour for my hometown. I want to be a part of it. Any part of it. I'm willing to work unpaid. Open brackets, which is a stupid thing to say. Why would you ever, ever recommend that? I've already graduated f- with a degree in marketing from Baruch, so I don't need college credit either. Close bracket. To simply be involved. If you need any more information or a reference from my previous employer at Gawker Media, I'd be more than happy to provide that. I appreciate the time and hope to hear from you. So, okay, wait a second. In your signature, it says twitter.com, hashtag, exclamation point, wheezy but
0: geeky. That was my original Twitter. What (laughs) the heck is that? I had to to change it once. uh... I thought you were New York Rick. I, I told you, no. when, when I was coming on the show, I had to select something more easy, something a little easier to remember.
1: I really have no recollection of that. I always thought you were New York Rick. I thought that was so cool. Wow,
0: this guy's name's actually New York Rick. Wheezy, but geeky? That was your name? What does that even mean? It's a, it's a lyric from a song by uh, Donald Glover. He calls himself Wheezy, but geeky. That's Wheezy the, is, is little Wayne. Is that the guy from Clueless? No, that's Donald Faison, I think. Who the hell is yeah. Donald Glover? Donald Glover is
3: uh, a a rapper.
0: His rap name, his rap pseudonym, is Childish Gambino. But his his acting um, exploits can be seen on Community.
3: Hmm.
1: Um. I also see your LinkedIn account. You've 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 kept it updated, but the picture is very old.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really use it. I don't use Facebook. I don't use LinkedIn very much.
1: Okay, so this is kind of funny. Then I'm looking at the email thread here, and I sent it to Chad, who works at Vox. I wrote, nice. looking for someone. And then I sent it to Brian, who works at MMA Fighting. I said, looking for someone. And then I even sent it to my, my, uh, my colleagues at Versus slash NBC at the time, looking for someone. So I actually sent this email within minutes, by the way, within minutes, to three people.
0: That's the kind of guy you are.
1: Okay, now this is my response. This is a lot of fun. Are you enjoying it?
0: It's making me a little uncomfortable, but hey I'll, I'll ride with it.
1: Nice to meet you. I just sent your email to my employers. Unfortunately, I don't do the hiring, but you seem like a great get for anyone. I will let you know what I hear back. Good luck and keep in touch. Ariel. P.S. Thanks for the kind words. Nice to the point. Hmm. Then I got a couple of responses. Okay. Um. Well, this is interesting.
9: <laughs> One just said, I love you.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, this is great. This is a great response. Okay, this is you. Same night. Ariel. So, all of a sudden, you drop the Mr. Helwani routine. I'm geeking out like Marcus Brimage meeting Rampage right now. Before so we do
0: that, did you sign off as Ariel? When sure. Was, you did? But still, so I didn't, that's I didn't give I you the okay.
1: It's are oh, you Excuse me, you know, I, I didn't give you the whole, like, oh, Mr. Helwani, my dad. Even <laughs> everyone who says that really likes being called Mr. You realize that. Anyway. I wasn't expecting any response. No commentary on you. I just know you're a busy man and probably get tons of random emails every day, let alone one this immediate. How about that? Words can't express how appreciative I am that you even look, oh, took the time out of your day to make a single fan feel like anything is possible. Wow. Where is this humility now? even we're if nothing gone. comes of this I understand that it's not entirely your call and ultimately a bureaucratic process you'll always have a fan right there <laughs> can't thank you enough okay <laughs> this is a long conversation we're having now here's my um, response my pleasure man I've been there before we all need to help along the way to realize our dreams I'll definitely let you know if you don't hear back from me in a few weeks definitely write back And then Chad writes back, yeah, that would be great. Respond and CC me. Hey, Eric, meet Chad. Chad runs production for Vox Media. Chad, Eric reached out, blah, blah, blah. Hey, now Chad wrote you. Nice to meet you. What's your schedule? And then in the midst of all this, Versus turned you down, and off we went. (laughs) Thanks,
0: Versus. Well, look where they are now.
1: So what'd you do? You had to go in, do a... uh...
0: I interviewed with Chad. How'd that go? Good. I'm here, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. You, you actually helped
0: build the, the. Literally build. With your own hands. I carried uh, a, I'd say, six foot by four foot uh, piece of plexiglass um, that served as the divider between the studio. Uh, you know, the, remember the little hot box area with uh, me, Isaac, and, um, and Jared at the time? Sure. So I carried that piece of plexiglass onto the subway um, and brought it home from, I believe it was in. Uh, oh, Chinatown. yeah. That
1: amazing. Okay, before we wrap this up, let me just get your thank you note out of the way. Oh, God. This is on January 1st. Wow, they interviewed you on January 1st, or maybe you just... They interviewed
0: me in late December, I think.
1: Okay. Ariel, I'd like to start out by expressing the utmost gratitude again for you taking the time to read my initial email. That act alone meant a lot to me and exceeded my expectations. Due to your email on my behalf, I was able to get a meeting with Chad two weeks ago. At that point, he offered me a position in some capacity. My title and day-to-day responsibilities remain murky/slash unclear. Wow, look at you with the passive-aggressive shot at Chad. The guy's helping you out, helping out with the MMA. <laughs> I don't hour. see it that way, but. Okay. Needless to say, I cannot be more excited, and I intend to work as hard as possible to contribute to an already amazing product. I'm still in disbelief at how accommodating and generous the people I've contacted have been, and how quickly things have happened. Thank you. Eric Jackman. P.S. I hope you had a great Hanukkah New Year. Look at you trying to earn some brownie points and great work at 141. Oh, the UFC 141. The Hedges interview was one of my all-time
0: favorites. Get out of here. No, it really was a good one. If you go back you hear me and Hedas? watch that one, I think it was either his first or second one. I really, I really liked that one a lot. I still to this day remember it. And the Volkman
1: spot was dot 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 interesting. Although you, I used think that's five when dots. he
0: he like ranted against. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey. Last thing you wrote, but, comma. Why no Dana interview? Kidding. Why, what, was, what was up with that?
0: I don't know. I don't remember. I do remember the Hedda's and Volkman thing. I don't know.
1: What was the Hedes one about?
0: Uh, it was either the first one, um, where he, I just liked his his demeanor. He had the little backpack on.
1: Ah yes. Um, Kevin Durant esque.
0: Yeah, and he he just seemed, he seemed like he was you know such a such a well spoken. Um, kid for for such a young competitor in the U, in the UFC, um, and I really just I really just enjoyed um, his personality and, and and his demeanor. And I I still you know I think Hedis is a is a good uh, a good interview.
1: Yeah, he is. Haven't seen him in a while.
0: Yeah, I well, was just think- I was just thinking that I was like, uh, there's not really a recent reference I can make, but um, I do remember really uh, enjoying that one. And obviously. We've also referenced the Marcus Brimage. uh,
1: Sure. Who could forget? At the the end, I wrote some stuff. Glad to have you on the team. Welcome to the team. Looking forward to working with you. (laughs) And thus it began. Well, that that was fun. Sure. Finally, before we get to uh, our quick uh, picks here, uh, the odds and all that, uh, how about some breaking news? Phoenix native and 2008 Olympic wrestling gold medalist Henry Cejudo is back in action on December 13th, UFC Fight Night, a.k.a. UFC on Fox 13 at the U.S. Airways Center in Phoenix, Arizona. This was just announced and reported by the AZ Central Sports. And who's he fighting? He's fighting Dustin Kimura. Three-round bantamweight bout. That is interesting to note and important to note because, as you recall, he failed to make weight. In his UFC debut as a flyweight. And Dana said it's bantamweight or bust. So he's going up to 135 and he'll be making his debut. Of course, he's from that area. So it makes a lot of sense to have him fight on the card. So good luck to Henry Cejudo. He was on the show talking about his uh, struggles. We wish him the best of luck. Okay. Uh, it is UFC 179 this weekend. How about some look at the uh, some picks on the yeah, odds? You're going to have to do it. Though. Oh, all right. Here we go.
0: I looked it up earlier um, when we were talking to, uh, to Chiapeta.
1: Let's uh, rifle through them.
0: Uh, actually, before we do that, two oh, things. Oh, by the way, now
1: I'm getting people who are asking for a job. Give me a job too. New York well, Rick you, is a uh, bum.
0: You uh, <laughs> you <laughs> open that door. You do open they, opened Pandora's oh box. Oh my do any g- them have audio experience? <laughs>
1: yes. What are you trying to say, Will? That's it. You're done with us? <laughs> no, see. Oh my
0: gosh. I'll interview them. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, that would be. Let's, I could use oh, an intern. That,
9: that could be a Skype in. That's one of the the time slots on the show. You have to Skype in for your interview.
0: Well, I, f- I feel like we need a, uh,
1: like a, a step before that because we get some freaks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let,
0: let's, you know.
1: How about this breaking news that Will wants out? No. Just like that? What do you got? You Will's in ship? it for
0: the long haul. I mean, I got fired six months ago. I just keep showing up.
1: <laughs> just for this show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeping the dream alive. <laughs> My
4: life is awful.
1: Well, you'll always have a home here. I don't care what happens to you. Two things. Yes.
0: <laughs> One, uh, Metamoris 5 tickets on sale. Okay um I, people go out and get them it's going to be incredible second this friday do you know what's this friday
1: this friday is okay this guy keeps emailing me now <laughs> stop emailing me for a job new York creek is not leaving he keeps calling you a bum by the way sure um
0: not not the first time somebody's
1: okay this him. friday is october 24th right yes i don't know
0: bellator is back on friday Okay. but also glory's back oh yeah top 20 knockouts
1: look at you with the plugs
0: 11 p.m <laughs> 11 p.m <laughs> on spike glory top 20 knockouts i feel like there's something else
1: i don't remember okay that's good to know
0: yeah it's gonna it's a good show
1: so it's right after the Bellator card it's
0: right after which is a
1: good card by the way return of bobby lashley manuel newton Fighting once again, defending his title.
0: Friday night on Spike is like a, a destination now, a fight destination.
1: Sure. And the uh, Bellator debut of Marluz Kunin. That's fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Okay, let's look at the odds. Uh,
0: okay, so as I said, you're going to have to yes. look at these because I've already looked at these. I looked at, I knew the, the comian event because I was interested in Glover and Phil. Um, I don't know that one. Well, l- let's start from the bottom. Okay. Uh, Tony Martin versus. Now we're here, by the way. Fa- go ahead. Did you get it? Oh, I got it. Yeah. Uh, starting with Tony Martin and Fabricio Camois. Moranga.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Fabricio.
0: He is. He is a slight favorite. Minus 130. Tony Martin plus 110. Uh, our next one. Christos <laughs> Giagos mm-hmm. versus Gilbert Burns.
1: I'm going to go with Durinho.
0: That's Burns, right?
1: Oh come on! Yes, yeah, of course.
0: Uh, yes, he's a he's a moderate favorite. Actually, a pretty big favorite. Minus three thirty, Giagos is plus two seventy. This is a fun one. Andre Touchy Feely ah, versus yes. Felipe Arantes. Man, Touchy Feely got to get back on track. I'll go with the pizza lover himself. <laughs> uh, yes, Feely Fili- is uh, minus one twenty. Arantes is plus one hundred. So it's essentially a pick 'em. Yep. Uh, as was the first fight. So a few close ones so far uh this is a, a fun one wilson hayes versus mm. scott jorgensen
1: yeah 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 yeah. that's an important one at 125 hmm, i'm gonna go with jorgie
0: no wilson hayes wow. minus 155. it doesn't surprise me because of his style mm. you know wilson hayes there's no secret what he's gonna do he's gonna come in there and try and wrestle jorgensen and jorgensen's gonna have to stop it hmm. um, so stylistically i think the odds make sense in that regard right yeah, I guess. But still, I mean, he's been around. Yeah, I guess. And Jorgensen, let, you know, let's, let's call it how it is. Jorgensen has not been winning lately. Um, he's, a, he's a veteran. He's got great experience. He has, he has great wins in his career. Uh, but at this time, it, it feels like the momentum's on Wilson Hayes' side. I would love to see a Jorgensen win, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Former Elite XC champion. Uh, our next one, Jan Cabral mm-hmm. versus Nayuki Kotani. Yes, the big WWE fan. I'm going to go with Cabral. He is a big favorite, minus wow. 600, Katani 450. Hmm. Uh, Mr. 2014 himself, Neil Magny. Oh, yes. My oh, Versus.
1: Oh. <laughs> I would have picked him anyway.
0: Uh, William Macario?
1: Yes, Patolino.
0: He's the one with the dyed hair, correct?
1: Yes, the Daffy Duck guy.
0: He's oh. an exciting fighter. I really he is. like him.
1: Uh well I I I I would have picked Magni's on that great streak. How many has he won? He's won a ton and And he's fought like four times this year? Yeah. This is his fifth. This is his fifth. Jeez Louise. Uh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with Magni.
0: He is a moderate favorite, minus two forty five. Uh and the comeback on Macario is plus two oh five. All right. Uh our next one, Benil Dariush versus Carlos Diego Ferreira. Carlos. He is the favorite Minus 200 Benil Dariush, plus 170 Are you Have you gotten them all right so far Except for Hayes and uh, yeah, Jorgensen Yeah Okay How about that And they were close So this is This might be impressive. your most impressive performance Thank you I mean Journalist of the year f- Four times
1: This is right up there I'm with that I'm about to send another email yeah. After the show <laughs>
0: thanking you <laughs> Thank you Thank me uh, I will uh, Next one Darren Elkins Versus Lucas Martins Hmm You know, sometimes you want to side with the Brazilian in Brazil, but
1: uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Elkins.
0: That's correct. Minus 175, Martins plus 155. Again, style, you know, we we know what Elkins is trying to do. Our next one, Fabio Maldonado Mm. versus Hans Stringer. I'll go with Fabio. Slight favorite, minus 150, Hans Stringer plus 130. Killing it. And coming event. event. Glover mm. Teixeira versus Phil Davis. This is a
1: tough one, right? Is it close? As Chuck Liddell falls over. Is it close? You won't even say. Phil Davis.
0: Phil Davis is the underdog. Wow. Glover Teixeira, minus 325. That's sizable. Phil really? Davis plus 265. Everyone's off the Phil Davis bandwagon. I feel like people think that his wrestling has been kind of exposed by Rumble Johnson, in yeah, the but sense that Glover
1: Teixeira is no Rumble Johnson as far as wrestling is concerned, well, right?
0: Glover's takedown defense isn't isn't uh, isn't bad. Phil in Davis. fact, it's, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. We saw, you know, Rampage tried to wrestle him a little bit. I mean, he it was more of a slugfest, but. Um, I don't think Glover is going to be very easy to take down. Although I think Phil will be more persistent and a little sharper um, mm-hmm. on the takedowns in this one. I could see value in Phil Davis because of the stylistic matchup, but it's going to be dicey. You know, Phil, when he's standing, he gets a little he gets a little wobbly on his feet. He gets that ice skate. He seems to be one of those guys who can't really grip the the mat, and he, he starts sliding around, and that could be a problem against a guy who hits with the the kind of strength that Glover Teixeira does I mean so you're going against your boy I think I think the values on Phil Davis wow um after all that I well what I'm saying is I think he will be persistent and I think he will be able to eventually secure takedowns that make the difference um but it's a it's a super dangerous fight for Phil I mean Mm -hmm. he's you know he doesn't have easy fights so um that's 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 an interesting style of fight and I I think it's going to be exciting one way or the other
1: well, he's back at the scene of the crime. He defeated Leonardo Machida and Wagner Prado in Brazil. He's 2-0 in Brazil. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I, I've become a Rio expert. If you look at his Wikipedia page, and maybe Guilherme Cruz, if he's still watching, I'm pretty sure the photo of, of him on his Wikipedia page is on the streets of Rio, because I, I noticed the sidewalk, and he's walking shirtless on the streets of Rio. So what I'm trying to say by that is Rio has been good to Mr. Wonderful
0: the adopted son. Yeah. And we already uh mentioned the odds on Aldo Mendez. Aldo is the favorite at minus 230 and Mendez plus 190. Scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the rematch? I don't think the rematch portion of it plays into it. No, just if you're the fight, just the fight, the fight as it is, it I'm excited because but I don't you didn't answer my
1: question. Scale of 1 to 10.
0: 8
1: That's pretty excited. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we saw what Chad Mendes is truly capable of in the first fight. I think we got robbed a little bit of seeing, you know, how this is going to play out. And as we know, Aldo is always fantastic early um, and late. He leaves a little bit, you know, to be desired. And we'll see if Chad can capitalize on that or if he, you know, can can make make it uh, an interesting fight early as well. Um, I don't think we saw how this one will play out. In the last fight. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see it.
1: Well that is all well and good. I'm going over there for two reasons. A to see my colleague over at MMA fighting Guillermo Cruz in person. Don't get the opportunity to do that very often. And two. To have some acai. Last time I was there. I had seven servings of acai. In a 72 hour period. This time I'm actually there for. A little over 48 hours. How many acais will I have? <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Instagram to find out. I'm, I'm not going to go that crazy this time because I almost went too crazy and it turned me off from Acai for quite some time. But I am excited. Pony SAI, ASI con granola. I mean, I went to one in, uh, in Brooklyn, Acai place. It was nothing compared. I mean, it was almost laughable that they were what calling place? this Acai. Uh, on Bedford. I don't want to give them. Actually, I will say I went there and there was a huge fan over there, This kid who said he was 19 and he's going to be a future bantamweight champion. So I'll give him a shout out. He was uh, He was working behind the counter. But, like, if you've had acai in New York City, at least, it's not even acai. Comparing it to what they have in Brazil, it is unbelievable. I wish I could bring it back for you guys. Amazing stuff. Maybe I'll bring some bunny acai.
9: Off-air, off you should tell us where it is so we can go try it here. Fair and enough. If you ever bring back the real stuff.
1: Yes. Um, but, man, it's, 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 it's something else. It's really something else. The acai in Rio unbelievable also what's unbelievable there their juices like they, they they have mandarin juice and it's just it feels like you're taking a bath in the rainforest it is so fresh so the fights are cool but that's why I'm really going alright that does it right we're good it. we're done We're I'm looking at this Daniel Cormier face with the with the, uh, the Popeyes so great thank you to uh, Steve Madden who did that it really is all him well done UFC 179, this Saturday going to Rio, Thursday night. You can hit my music, but don't worry because the MMA beat is still on this Thursday. I planned it so that I wouldn't miss the MMA beat because you need your MMA beat. But remember, Monday, no show, back Tuesday, same time, same place, different day. And then the following week, we're back. Monday. I like the Monday show better. It feels right. Coming off the weekend, big fight that's our day sometime you just can't pull it off unfortunate how about this I wanted to mention this it's been a while since I uh, brought this stuff up but uh, we're on SoundCloud now thank you to the people in the back who hooked that up and uh, we're getting a lot of love on SoundCloud people are going to SoundCloud so now you can get us on SoundCloud iTunes Stitcher TuneIn and other places as well but SoundCloud seems to be a spot that people go So thank you to SoundCloud. Good to be there. I want to thank Mike Chiappetta for stopping by. All the best to him. It was great to catch up. I want to thank Daniel Cormier for stopping by. Congratulations on the co-host gig. What does Guilherme have to say? Yep, that's Rio. How about that? Phil Davis. I know my Rio. I want to thank Hoist Gracie. Check him out tomorrow at the Meet and Greet 5-7 in San Diego. Dave and Busters. I want to thank Mitch Gagnon. Best of luck to him as he faces Burrell on December 20th. Thank you very much to Jessica Aguilar and her luchador masks. Good luck to her on November 15th. Thank you very much to Dan Miller. Good luck to him on December 20th. And good luck with the new gym opening on November 1st. Thank you so much to all of you for all your questions, comments, and for your time. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday. Same time and place. Enjoy UFC 179. I'll see you there until the Peace. I'm out of here.